Hello and welcome to Big Trouble in Little Podcast, a show where there is themes of movies and they have a gimmick of ranking at the end of the month. Today's movie is The Rush, a movie starring Chris Hemsworth. Enjoy. For my levels good. Hi, everybody. It is uh, February 6th, 9-11 p.m. Eastern Time, and this is episode 272 of Big Trouble Podcast. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Jazz. I'm here. <laughs> Aren't we all? Zach is here. Um, yeah, sorry about... I'm, I'm explaining to these guys here, because everything will be on, on time on recording-wise, but I hurt my tooth with the chicken nuggy. I never want that to happen ever again, dude. It Don't dip so them in gravel. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to McDonald's. God, this is the worst honey mustard I've ever eaten. <laughs> Why is it so hard? Don't uh, get mad about wrestling so much and gnash your teeth. Yeah. 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 On on Dwayne. Uh, <laughs> uh, Florida does everything larger, don't they? Everything's bigger in Florida. Fucking peppercorns the size of fucking boulders breaking your teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Got to eat. Fucking That's where gator. pepper comes from. Gator tail. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we are continuing and doing the finale of Andy's racing theme, and we're talking about Rush, the movie, uh, the one with Thor and the other guy, <laughs> Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo. Yeah. Baron Zemo. Nicky Lauda. His name's Daniel Bruhl. I think oh, it's yeah. how you pronounce his last name. Yeah. I just remember him from Inglorious Bastards. He's yes, also he in also, that. He is also an Inglorious Bastard. <laughs> oh, Ron Howard directed this. Oh, I didn't even yeah. know that. That is cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now that you know that, do you like thinking back, does it kind of feel like a Ron Howard film? Yes. A little bit. <laughs> it's it's it definitely does. a Ron Howard film, yeah. <laughs> um, so I I guess we'll get into the you know, the good and, and the bad, the ups and the downs and all that stuff, but I have to say this right away because I, I researched this. This is about a true story, right? Because at the end, they showed real, you know, racers, right? Great, great big old air quotes around yeah. real story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean everything, the, the, the facts are all accurate. Like so and so won this race and this happened and they were in the, at this team in these years and stuff like that. But everything else is heavily dramatized. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking about the racers and stuff because I Googled it in the beginning and they're just like, it's fictional and there's some true stories. And then at the end, they were like showing these like real people at the end. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's them. Like one of the pictures at the end is the two of them in real life having a conversation at a race at some point. Like, you know, just, just like. Not as enemies, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Like what they, what they did was is they, they blew up the, on track rivalry that these two guys had 
and made it like way bigger than what it really was. When in reality, it's just like they were just competitive, but they were friends actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, they, I guess they definitely did dramatize the shit out of it because at, at, here's how my emotions went. I was like, man, these both of these guys are fucking assholes. <laughs> like, none of them are likable. Like the Nikki Lauda was like, this guy who didn't want to be a politician or an economist or a doctor. And he's like, nah, I want to drive. And I was like, okay, he wants to do his own thing. But then he's like, fuck you. You're going to do things my way and my car and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, I, I liked him because of that. I like Nicky Lauda. Then he, he drove for Ferrari. He told him your car drives like dog shit on wheels. It needs to be better. <laughs> yeah. person in the movie. He's like, the balance is all wrong and this and that. And the guy's the guy doesn't know what to say. And Lauda just goes, <laughs> like makes that face at him. Like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fuck you, say something. <laughs> and then you have James Hunt, who's played by Chris Hemsworth. Um, he's, you know, a playboy, almost kind of like the Shawn Michaels of fucking <laughs> one racers, pretty much. Uh, you know, he's he's fucking all the women and stuff and being an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I like the way Zachary when you said that. He's like, was he? I don't know. But kind of. He's, he's kind of a dick, right? I would say he's he's as much Shawn Michaels of, of Formula Racing in this vein as Lauda is Bret Hart. Yes. Like, that's what they're pushing for. Like, okay, so it's fine. I kind of thought of them as, like, they're two different flavors of asshole. One of them is, like, that that guy that's, like, eight flavors of chocolate in your your coffee, and the other one is just black coffee. That's why I like, see, that's why I like Nicky Loud. He's like Bret Hart. You know, I think James Hunt is a three out of ten racer. You know, he's ten out of ten in terms of the performance, but in terms of actually racing, he's three out of ten. Yeah, I don't don't like the... Un- uncalculated, arrogant risks for the sake of, of of sport. I can I can win on on calculated moves. That that recklessness is, and that's that's James Hunt re- racing. I, I don't I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows. He knows. I, I'm, I'm quoting the recent Bret Hart quote, which is so trolly. But yeah. Anyway, mo- moving on. Oh, we got distracted. Uh, the uh, speaking of calculated, like. Uh, Nicky Lauda is calculated because he's like the whole rainstorm thing. He's like th- every race is a twenty percent of a, like survival rate. <laughs> like this is more than twenty percent. Uh, and then we get that callback later at the end, which we'll talk about later. Uh, it, the camera at work in this movie was a little weird to me. I think that's the only downside about this movie. There's a few shots that are kind of obviously done with a computer. And like I, I don't know how else they would do it, but it's a little distracting. Like where they did so much extremely hard work to get all those amazing shots in like Grand Prix and Le Mans, and then to see them doing this and like I would just use the computer. Fuck it. It's like okay. <laughs> it's too yeah. hard. Yeah, it's too hard. It costs too much money. <laughs> it takes too much time. We got to we got to come in under budget and on time for the studio. Yeah, especially it's, like especially the last race. The last race, I'm like, it, it's good CGI, but I'm like, I could definitely tell it's CGI that they're you know driving in this fucking tsunami, pretty much. Or, like a uh, Lauda's wreck, I thought looked kind of bad. Yeah, Lauda's wreck yeah. looks a little weird. Like I think that's the problem with CGI in general. Like good CGI still looks worse than like 
average like real life cinematography. Yeah. I think that's the problem. So like again, you can still do those things in a way that they look really good, but it's the easy way out, right? They should have they should have crashed real cars like in Days of Thunder. They almost fucking bankrupted I forgot his name, the guy that owned the racing team because <laughs> they kept crashing cars up for real. <laughs> I mean that sounds about right. Okay. Um Richard Childers. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to like think of things uh, to say. Like the the camera work was kind of up and down for me. Uh, I thought what the about acting- like if this movie wasn't based on a true story, if it was just a drama, like is it a good movie? Yes, I I definitely thought that the drama was big enough. Like you, you you're actually feeling for these characters, where you're just like you see the hatred, even though it's like over dramatized and all that stuff. There was hatred that that they wanted to beat each other, and especially Rage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the jealousy. Um, especially Lost. the part. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, especially the part where they're just like trying to one up. Like there, there's times where they're actually trying to talk to each other, and like one of them is being an asshole. Uh, but it did have that payoff where after Nikki Lauda like goes up in flames and has like burn marks and shit and gets his lungs well vacuumed. Which, by the way, I actually fast forward that part. I I didn't I didn't want to see the vacuuming of the lungs. I'm like, oh god. I don't want to see this shit. <laughs> I fast forward it. Uh, and then um, when the guy, the stupid reporter was like, what does your wife think about your face? And James Hunt like <laughs> takes the fucking tape recorder and does like a curb stop on him with his like, fist. Breaks his front teeth. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Like Take when I was watching that wife. scene, like it's, it's like interesting, but I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> No, that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, it it seems like too much to me. Yeah, it was a little much. I think it would have been fine to like beat the guy up a little bit, but like it went a little far. Like they got their point across. I don't think it was a little unnecessary, but no, I think it was necessary because the dude is like, (laughs) Does your wife want to fuck you anymore? Because I'm not saying the act was unjustified, I'm saying like it's outrageous to think that such a thing happened or would happen. I would get the level the level of violence. If this were <laughs> if this were a completely fictional story, it's like okay, that's fine. I, I see where Amy's going. It's because this is rooted in what is supposed to be based on a true story. Yeah, and it's like there's no way in hell that happened, right? That's, like that's, that's kind of my problem with this movie is yeah. like if it was just like an imaginary, you know, like Grand Prix, like if it was just imaginary people doing imaginary racing stuff, then I could like suspend that disbelief. But I think because it's based on real people, one of which was still alive when this movie was made, like I it's it's dramatized to the point of almost being cringy to me, I think. There's just so many parts of it that are like that clearly didn't happen. Yeah, I mean if I'm looking at the lens of like it being realness, I'd be like, yeah, maybe he would have like sucker punched him and said, bitch, don't say that ever again to someone that I race with, like a colleague. Uh, but at the same time, if I'm not looking at the uh, the the lens of realness and it's a movie itself, I'm kind of like, hey, um, yeah, you told that guy he, his face is fucked up and that his wife probably doesn't like him anymore. I would bash <laughs> his face into a boiler and burn his uh, face or something like that. And just so he could feel it as well. 
I could see James Hunt maybe punching that guy one time or, or shoving him and, and yelling at him. Yeah, that would have, like, I understand they're trying to, like, amp the drama up. They want to make a good Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. And so, at the end of the day, I get why the movie came out the way it did. It's just, in my opinion, I, I think that's part of it. Like, being a fan of motorsport and specifically F1, I kind of, like, know some of the stuff that happened around this movie. Not as much as as some people would. I, I only know, like, some of it. I, I don't know anything before the last decade or so that well. But I don't know. It's just like I said, it's it's so heavily dramatized. Like some of it just feels silly to me. Yeah, I mean that particular part, hearing that, it made me it made me at least think, okay, I don't know much about what really happened, but given that this is got is based in some kernel of truth, I don't think that happened. So, like, I, I had the same thought, but it didn't like get to me to the point that like I was dwelling on it for minutes. I just moved on and was like, "That was a little much," but okay. It made me feel things for James Hunt, like after he did that, because he's like, "Oh, he fucking kind of cares a little bit, even though he knows Nicky Loud is a fucking asshole uh, when he talks, almost like an autist." By the way, Nicky Lauda. That's why I like him. Yeah, he's a very numbers guy. He's yeah. he, he was like that. I, I mean, he was really like helping set up the cars and stuff in real life and he his whole life i guess was like arguably autistic or something (laughs) but like i felt because that's when james hunt uh lost his wife by the way which by the way after he gets out of the restaurant and says like i hope that guy has deep pockets i'm like fuck yeah (laughs) even though he was kind of an asshole to the wife and stuff when he was like drunk and stuff He's like, put your put your eyes fog whatever on or whatever, and get the fuck to New York and go ski. And I was like, she's gonna cheat on him, and that's what happened. Yeah, um, no, I, th- it does lead to like one of the best lines though. He says, uh, "I'm gonna get a divorce, and I'm not gonna have to pay a cent," which is arguably the greatest win of my career. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty good. Oh man, uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I. I like the film. I, I kind of agree, agree with Andy a little bit. It's funny coming into it and thinking about the rankings and stuff we're going to do at the end, too. Like, I I was kind of high on it because I still like the movie. But then I th- it's been a little more time since we've seen the others. And I'm thinking back and I'm like, oh, well, actually, I like this part or aspect of the other films more than this. I don't know. It's like the longer we keep talking about it, the more I think of those other films. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's lower and lower on my list now. But well, before. Uh, I mean, if you like it, you like it. It's it's still a competently made movie. Like Ron Howard's a good director. And oh yeah, both of both of the main characters are acted very well. Yes. Oh yeah, the story's cool. I I think the story is really really good. Uh, um, yeah. I don't know how much there else there really is to say about it though. I mean, the story is straightforward. There's no there's no like crazy complexity to it. It's just it's again it's that thirst for competition and and that that desire to race, even though it doesn't make sense to other people. It's like, if you get it great, if you don't, it's okay. Some people like to have that feeling like they're near death. Well, again, another racing movie that deals with, this is why men got a race. Yeah. It had shades of grand prix, by the way, which I was explaining to Chaz before we started the show. I'm like, if they had to make a modernized grand prix, now I'm not saying it, it needs to be exactly the same and it needs to be good because usually when they do a remake, it's either hit or miss. But like this almost feels like a modern grand prix because it has the theme of, 
you know, this could be your last race. Uh, you could die at any moment. People are putting their lives on the line. That's why they had like that little thing in the beginning, like two races, uh, two people die like at a certain amount of races and during that time and era uh, of F1. So I'm like, oh, it's kind of like <laughs> it's shades of Grand Prix. And then it shows the, you know, the cheating that happens because all the movies that we watched, there was some form of romance and infidelity between drivers and staff of, you know, the race company or whatever. Uh, and then obviously they had the moment just like in Grand Prix where there was rain and the guy's like, we should cancel the race and do a vote. And they were like, no, fuck it. We're doing the 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 race anyway. And something bad happens during that race. So, like, it has shades of Grand Prix, uh, in my opinion, but modernized. I don't know if you guys agree or not. Yeah, I mean, definitely. They both kind of deal with, I mean, it's it's true to life in that way. Because off and on, like, drivers kept trying to, like, have a union or, like, take votes to that that kind of thing. Like, we're, gonna, we're not going to race because it's unsafe. Like, it leads to stuff like uh, the... The Indianapolis Grand Prix one year only like four drivers competed because it was it was an unsafe racetrack or something like that. So it does come to something. Like there's um I watched a documentary on F1 TV about uh Jackie Stewart and how he helped spearhead getting a lot of safety stuff put in place for F1. And it, you know it's it's interesting because up until a certain point, yeah, they just like two drivers died like every year or more. And it just kind of kept happening and no one was doing anything about it because everyone was making money and they didn't care. Yeah, And when you win the world championship in the seventies, Andy, how much money would, would they make? What was I, don't like know. The- I don't know exactly. I know we were looking it up a little bit after grand Prix, but um, I don't know, like a lot, but not like, Oh, amazing. You know, money. Like, more than your average person, I guess. Well, I guess that's why the sponsorship deals. That's why they had like that little montage where he's like, "This is motor oil, whatever he was putting up there," and he was doing like clothing brands yeah. and all that stuff. So that probably that's elevated into the millions, probably for sure for, for James Hunt. Uh, I did kind of like the ending. Um, a lot of people that probably watch it, I don't know. Maybe people have feelings. Uh, I started to have feelings, I guess. Uh, when he's he, Nikki Lauda is like having PTSD moment while he's driving, where he's like, This, I, I don't want to do this, I could fucking die. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and he goes into the pit stop, uh, and he just gets out. And which, by the way, that, that team didn't seem really upset, and I kind of like that a little bit that they didn't yeah, go crazy. That's cool. I also really like, and apparently, this part is true. Um, his his team principal says, "Do you want me to tell the media that it was uh, a, a technical malfunction or something?" He says, "No, just tell them the truth." I guess that really happened. He really did retire the race of his own accord, and they said, "Do you want us to say something's wrong with the car?" And he said, "No, tell them the truth. I don't care." That's cool. <laughs> and did he really start like driving planes or piloting planes? Yeah, uh, he. I, I didn't know this until recently, but I guess he founded a um airline in europe that runs like they actually you know it's an actual airline the like large 747s and stuff again a, a call back to like him being weird with numbers um an air a, one of his airplanes and his airline like crashed in the late 90s or something 
And he was instrumental in figuring out what happened. And then when he took the information of Boeing, they started building all of their planes different. Huh. So like that that's that's the kind of mind he had is he out out airplane Boeing or something at some point. <laughs> plane is like dog shit with wings. Exactly right. You need to fix it. <laughs> but they were investigating the crash and he like I guess he's credited with discovering something that Boeing didn't know about. That he was he was sitting in the in like the cockpit or whatever. He's like, I could feel it in my ass. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that I guess if I had any cringy moments, it was when he met his wife, by the way, and like met those two Italians and just like, you're Nicky Lauda. And I'm like, that's one of my favorite parts when he's driving the car. Yeah. Oh, I love that part too. Yeah. What was wrong yeah. with that? Why'd you think it was cringy? It was a little cringy. Because uh, at the same time, like, this is a rookie driver. Nobody knows Nicky Lauda. So you're okay with the race car he driver just going with Ferrari? Yeah, he just Italy would know yeah. who he is. Yeah, he the yeah. guy says it's Ferrari, and the the whole thing is that the girl just treats him like, oh, this is some like homely looking asshole, and it is, and he drives like a grandpa, and, and then all of a sudden, boom. What was he, oh, he, really who he is? And he was an established F1 driver before he went to Ferrari. He was with a uh, uh, BRM. Yeah, because he was already yeah. winning, so like it was a bigger deal that he finally was able to go there. But yeah, I, I like that part a lot, uh, especially because the whole thing of he, – he gives the whole spiel of why, why do I need to drive fast? I, I, there's nothing I'm, – I'm not winning anything. Like, yeah, until, why until, take the risk? Until he gets her. <laughs> yeah, until, you know, uh, yeah, do it because I tell you to or yeah. because I'm asking you to. I think that's what she says. What was he driving, a Volvo? What, what was that? I don't know. Uh, that looked like an old that looked like an old Lancier or something or like now for me I'm not kidding that's what it looks like it was like a Jason Bourne fucking chase scene a little bit <laughs> when he was going through, going through all the cars and stuff uh yeah I, I actually at a, it, now we don't get a lot of Olivia Wilde in the movie she's kind of like there like where's Alexander and he's doing his little visual training or whatever he's doing uh, and then the part where he's like drunk out of his mind yelling at her and then the restaurant scene. And then obviously she was happy for him when he won the world championship, mm. which I thought was cool. Uh, but if I had to choose between Olivia Wilde and uh, Nikki Lauda's wife, I think I'd choose Nikki Lauda's wife. She's she's a true champion for staying with someone with like what third degree burns or second degree burns or whatever mm. on his face. I mean, he wasn't handsome before i guess so um, clearly she can she can like someone for who they are inside <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and they had that moment where he uh which by the way like they cut after the scene and i was like wait are they divorced now because like he has like signs of regret like happy happiness is the enemy and she's like, well, if you think happiness is the enemy, then you're already lost. And, and then it cuts to the next scene. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> is they divorced? What's going on here? Oh, no. I he think lives in a trailer now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, think, I think that is just like he's he's already thinking about like actually that part is really important to compare to when he at the very end when he decides to not. It's not just about racing uh, or stopping to race because he's going to lose his life. It's because he has something to live for. Like he's living for more than just racing and living for himself. He he's now realized, oh, I have something more important. I have something to lose. I lose her if I die, like, mm-hmm. uh, or she loses me. You know that same thing. So I think that that's an important part of the movie in foreshadowing. Like he, he's actually decided now, like, I'll give up something. Um, 
where you know James Hunt's character is like, fuck that, I want glory, fuck all these women. What's funny yeah. is he wins that one race and he's he's basically just done, <laughs> he like, or he wins the championship. I mean, he like he never really. Yeah, I think he raced for a couple more years, and then he just quit. He was just yeah. like, yeah, I'm done. I did one, and I'm good. That's I think he was he, trying to prove himself. Well, I, yeah, but he was already from, like, a well-off family, right? Like, from, according to how they kind of displayed things, it seemed like that. Plus, I can't remember the name of the girl uh, at the beginning. He, like, he has a very short fling with that one woman and then just moves on, which that's the whole thing. Like, he's just like, oh, I'm just going to be with all kinds of different women. But uh, that one at the very beginning of the movie uh, – isn't she from Game of Thrones? Maybe. Uh, it's not Khaleesi. No. Or something. Let me look it up. Let me see. Not Khaleesi. She, uh, Natalie Dormer. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning, the no. nurse that he has sex with. And he's like with her for a while. Like they're dating. When he, It's the person that he's dating whenever uh, he and Lauda first. Uh, first meet in Formula like, 3. Yeah. They first meet. And yeah, they're racing. And then they. He calls him out for being an asshole and calls him in a wreck. And he's like, oh, you, sh- you did exactly what I thought you would because you sh- you're not going to take risks. Oh, I got a question for you guys. Uh, when Nicky Lauda lost the uh, race, he goes, let's tell him the news. And I'm like, what news? And then, then he like he was, uh, had an illegal car. Do you agree with James Hunt a little bit, like calling him a rat? Or sh- do you agree with Nicky Lauda be like, well, you should never drive with an illegal car? Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I I I get both sides of that, but really, I'm more on um, Hunt's side on that. Like that stupid little pedantic rule bullshit. That that that's always been. I mean, that happens in every sport too. I assume, but no, that still happens today. Like stupid. Yeah, little, it still happens today. <laughs> stupid little things. Oh, oh, their car's wrong. Their car's wrong. Their car's wrong. You have to disqualify them. They're out. Yeah. No, that's not fair. The rule book says this. No, that's not fair. Come on. In uh, in competitive (laughs) card gaming, it's called angle shooting. People do the shit like that, like cost someone. Oh, they they took an illegal turn. Oh, they made a move. Sorry, can't take it back. Sorry. You got to be disqualified. You drew an extra card. Like, it's silly, but people will do that. Yeah, it's just part of being competitive, and it sucks. Like it's mm-hmm. no good. Yeah, it's it's part of being competitive, but it's like the worst part of being an observer to to competition. Yeah, it's no, yeah, no one is benefiting except for the person that ends up with the the desired result at the end. Yeah. Like it, it almost all it almost comes off like if as long as that person doesn't get disqualified, like if it blows up in their face, that's when it feels justified, and that shouldn't be the case because technically you're rooting for the person that did something illegal, but it, it, yeah, it just it's all screwed up, right? It's it just it's shit. Yeah. Uh, I was a little bit on James Hunt's side, but I kind of see what, like, uh, Nicky Lauda is talking about because, again, if that gave him a little more advantage in some way with the 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 spoiler, because that's what they were measuring, right? The spoiler. I think it was just the general um, width of the car, I thought. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like dimensional length of some kind. Like, I just don't know if it was specific to the spoiler versus. Yeah, it was the whole car actually, because they were talking about how to fix it, and they were annoyed that they were going to have to do a bunch of stuff. It wasn't just the wing or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like the wheelbase or some shit. Yeah, well, and the thing too is like I, I do agree with what Dubs was saying there. It like that type of thing is it's one thing if if it's just a silly little rule for the sake of it, like it's dumb. It's like the equivalent of in the middle of like a really competitive basketball game, someone like flounders, uh, like about like like a fucking fish to get a foul call, like. It's like 
cheap shit like that. Like whenever clearly nothing happened, and they, you know, when Bron James acts like he got like punched right in the face when he didn't even get touched, like shit like that. Uh, but at the same time, if someone's actually getting a competitive advantage by whatever you know, not following the rules or finding some shortcut. Like, okay, well, at the same time, call them out for it. It's just... I think the only kind of dumb shit that I agree with James Hunt on is, like, if you knew this from the very beginning, why didn't you say that at the beginning of the start of the race? You waited until the end until you lost to throw that into... I think that's just something that happens at the end of the races. They just measure the winners. Today, at the end of a race, they randomly select four cars out of the top ten and um, like measure them and and check the tires and check the floor and check a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, the, the, this uh, this last year in Texas, four cars were famously disqualified because the wear on the bottom of the car exceeded limitations, and it like caused a whole bunch of people to get points that normally didn't. Uh, disqualified like second and third place, and it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I know I kind of shitted on like the camera at work. Uh, the one thing I, w- I want to say that I liked about uh, or liked uh, was when Nicky Latta came back from his injury and he had this vision like everything was blurry and, and his head was throbbing in some way. That uh, terrified me. That scene is yeah. hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and then I do like the part where he, I guess his brain kind of clicks in and sees clearly now. Um I think after he got the slipstream, pretty much, is where he, like, started seeing clearly and came back. Uh, Which, by the way, I've never seen someone, like, get so excited that they got fourth place. But I know it's a number-based system. Uh, So I was like, oh, wow, they got fourth place. Fuck the first place guy. (laughs) He's been driving the whole time. I mean, Uh, the context is a big deal, though. You got the guy that, like finished fourth place but it's because of like what he went through so recently yeah yeah it was it was miraculous he was driving at all yeah by the way dubs do you want to know what that uh those vacuum particles smell like uh, i can describe <laughs> it to you sure you, you sure yeah wild, right it just smells like crap yeah it smells like shit yeah, yeah it's effectively <laughs> smells like death so like <laughs> Did he get so much smoke inside of it and like uh, f- fuel fumes in there that it just clogged up the lungs? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. It's a mixture of that, and then if he's got an underlying um, pneumonitis, uh, so you know if if there's yeah if if there's enough like pus uh, and blood. Um, and they're just worried about overall fluid. They're going to have to clear it out. Like you, some of that stuff, you know, you could just do a chest tube and you could drain it. Um, but that, that's only if it's thin enough, if it's too viscous to actually be pulled through a tube, that's where they need to vacuum it out. And then it gets what you were seeing. And a lot of it has to do with the fact of what the, the inhalation that he had. Um, but I mean, a lot of that was like, again, it was disgusting. And, and I've never personally seen that specific technique. I've, I've seen someone's lungs cleared out. But of course, it's under sedation and all that. Like, no, no like crazy. Like, oh, stay awake, and we're gonna do this. Like, that's watching nuts. the race. He had to stay awake. Yeah, he had to stay awake for motivation. But yeah, no <laughs> point. Yeah, like you wouldn't be able to do that. And and actually, that's what's funny about it is they make it seem like oh, this is thing, but you you almost like couldn't do that to someone because you too many risks of like putting them into shock. Like the risk of mortality is like way too high to be able to do that uh, without any problem because just if they flinch at all, like you have to give them a paralytic so they can't move. 
Uh, and then you have to, like, again, it, it, like extreme amounts of sedation to, to properly do that. So um, it, it's just weird that the way it happened. But I watched it. I was like, oh, well, I know this is all dramatized, so I'm not going to, like. <laughs> it's like I still, you know, I still got creeped out, though. Like, he was shoving a fucking tube down there. Like, he took a Hoover and just, like, <laughs> in his yeah. fucking lungs. Yeah, that's my point, though, is, like, the way they do that, they make it seem like, oh, yeah, that's just. Same shit as always. It's what we have to do, and it's totally not like that's not how that would be handled at all. Like by that point, I mean they had they had enough in uh, the realm of anesthesiology to be able to like either again fully intubate him and do that correctly, or at least have him sedated so he doesn't feel it. Um, but it is what it is. It just, it's it's not as dramatic that long. It's not. It's not nearly as dramatic, right? Speaking right. of dramatic, uh, I looked it up because I wanted to know that when he wrecked, I guess uh, you know, they show that they're having trouble getting him out of the car for a second because there's like a couple drivers that are trying to help him. Um, he's in in a gasoline fueled fire for 55 seconds. God, I have no <laughs> idea how he would live through that. Like, obviously, he's wearing like a fireproof suit and everything but still like i mean he couldn't breathe he couldn't i guess that's what they say like the inside of his lungs are burned yeah yeah oh no it's 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 like the fact that he even like raced again at all is just insane which again part of that's like dramatized i'm sure too to like add on to it but that's that's nuts um well, that's oh, what happened with the Grand Prix, right? That one guy got injured and then he came back. So, like, it's so shades of that movie. It's fucking ridiculous. I, I have a feeling Ron Howard's like, how can I tell this story that it was just two friends with rivals? I'm just going to take Grand Prix and just fucking copy. And that's how it actually happened, though. Like, Nicky Lauda yeah. did crash at the Nuremberg Ring. And he really was in the hospital for like two or three weeks. And then he really did come back and almost win the World Championship anyway. He really was on fire. That was not CG fire. <laughs> that was yeah, real. That was real. <laughs> yeah. Um, shit. I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, uh, we didn't talk about the, one of the other graphic injuries. That compound fracture that they show with the guy's like mm, leg, leg, just like, whoo, that was rough. Damn. <laughs> that is. Yeah, that's I, I watched that just a like, little bit shortly after my accident, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, those are those are rough injuries to see anyway, but yeah. The other the crash when when the red flag happened and they were just like, Oh my god, something serious happened and uh in that in that car is half of the body there? It looked like his body got cut in half by the 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 metal rat, uh ramp area. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I know life lesson I learned watching this movie, and I won't make this mistake ever again with any racing movie. If I'm going to watch a racing drama, I don't care if I know anything about it or not, um, I'm not going to eat chicken wings. <laughs> what? I was eating I was eating wings during this movie. I was just like smudging on some wings, and then the head scene came up, and I was like, and I looked at the wing, and I was like, uh, 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 okay. I'll get through this, but I didn't we need that. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop me from eating wings. I'm just going to eat. 
You know what I learned in this movie? (laughs) If you drill a hole into your fucking helmet, there's no station. (laughs) You mentioned that too, because like they drill one hole and the the visor's up, and then the other one's like the visor's down, and it has that half a second of like body horror. I was like, oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I like to think that Zach like now thinks about the wings, and he's like, I wonder if I cook this wing for 55 seconds in a gasoline fire, what would happen? Would you eat a wing like that? Yeah, it tastes like shit. I'm the Nick. I'm the Nicky Lauda of wings. I I won't accept that. Yeah, (laughs) your your wings are shit. The the aerodynamics are off. Wings are shit. They were tossed in dog shit. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I do like his character. Just no nonsense. Like just doesn't put up with it. So, car nerds, what is better, the Ferrari or the McLaren? Depends on the year and how how well it was built. How about now? What the 2023 McLaren? McLaren? Okay. No, oh, was it barely? I couldn't remember. I, I don't know, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know what, honestly, honestly, I think the Ferrari might be a better car, but I think uh, the Ferrari strategy is bullshit, and it won't let the Ferrari car be good. I guess. Yeah, because yeah, that that's the correct answer. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just it, it changes from year. Here's um this this is uh, I'm surprised they didn't mention this in the like in the the post of the movie or whatever. But uh, I, I looked up a bunch of stuff about Nicky Lauda, and I'm a huge fan of the guy after this movie. But he yeah. won um the year before most of the movie takes place in 1975. So he's world champion during the movie, and then of course all that stuff happens, and James Hunt is the champion, and he does say this the very next year. Nicky Lauda is the world champion again. So he's world champion twice in three years. And then some other stuff happens and he retires. Um, small fun fact, the year after that, Mario Andretti won for Lotus. But yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't matter that much. It's just I, I like Mario Andretti. But uh, he retires and he goes and does some stuff. And, you know, he's famous and rich and whatever. And then he got bored and he came back to F1 and drove for McLaren, which was James Hunt's team in the movie, in 84. Four and then won the world championship again in the eighties, just because he was bored. Yeah. And then another interesting thing: he drove some more, then he retired, and then he came back to F one and was um, a manager at Ferrari. And he was a manager at Ferrari during the race where Ayrton Senna died. And again, he had to be one of the guys to be like, "Look, we have to start." taking safety seriously and since that weekend where two drivers died in two days only one f1 driver has died and that was 91 when did senna die uh that was 94 was it four okay yeah that's still awesome that's so 30 since years then they got really serious and now you all the time you'll hear um this last year there was a conversation about why do we even have wet weather tires if we're never going to use them like every time it rains too hard they just like red flag the race and have everyone come in and it's it's partially because they are scared to death that something bad is going to happen to a driver again no they just don't want to give carlos signs free points that's what it is that's right he's getting the water he is he's a smooth <laughs> operator baby everybody else is like sliding around shit he's just like driving like normal yeah that's funny oh james hunt team by the way uh like in the beginning uh where where this british guy had like this fucking mansion and stuff and like he got him a car and like they were doing like all this quote-unquote sponsorship of like condoms and stuff because he's a 
he loves to have <laughs> sex and all that stuff. And I'm just like, that was kind of weird. It was was that real? <laughs> was was that a thing in his career? I mean, like he said, Probably. oh, we're gonna have a, a nice white car and we're not gonna have sponsorships. Yeah, that did happen. Um, especially in the early days and less and less as time. I think in the 70s was the last time it happened. But though you didn't really see those cars winning world championships. They didn't win constructors championships. They just didn't have enough money. And as time went on, it became pretty clear you're not going to win at Formula One unless you've got millions of dollars in sponsorships. So that yeah. that went away, sadly. Yeah. Huh? Well, um, I have nothing else to say. That I like... There was a soundtrack, but I like wasn't impressed about it. By the way, yeah, there was, no, one, or, there was one or two like popular songs in it that I was like, "Oh, I like this song." All right, this Slate song yeah. rules. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, I really liked the movie. I had a good time watching it. Like, even when I researched it, it was like it's based off of a true story, but it's dramatized, like it's fiction. I was like, I still loved it. I still had. Genuine like feelings turn uh, for certain scenes and stuff, and I think it hit the mark in my opinion. Uh, it's very dr- dr- dramatized, uh, just like Grand Prix, and I think that's why like I'm showing my hand. But those are like the two top movies that I actually liked. More like uh, Grand Prix, yeah, <laughs> Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I recommend this movie. What about you, Andy? Yeah, I recommend it. It's um, it's just an entertaining movie. You should try to try to just be like, oh, look, a drama about race cars, and just watch it. It's 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 good. It's well directed. It's well acted. Not yep. a lot of complaints. Yep, I recommend. I think it's it's a it's a recommendable movie, not just to racing fans, but just general audiences, because it's a again, it's very dramatized. There's not like several minute cutoffs of racing that are in are in place. So there's not that that aspect of it that you know again racing. It. Oh, well, oh an- another another weird Grand Prix callback. Uh, you know when um. His future wife walks in and he's sitting there visualizing a race. Did you guys realize what racetrack that was? Yeah, the first race that happened in the Grand Prix. Yeah, Monaco. I was like, oh, yeah. that's yeah. cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I recognize it, especially when he went through the tunnel. The tunnel. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the big that's the big part. But uh Chad, do so you recommend? Yeah, yeah, I recommend it. Zach, what do you Yeah, I recommend it. It's a good uh popcorn flick. Um it's like, I don't know, it's just good time, basically. It's good old-fashioned, summery, blockbustery popcorn movie. <laughs> yeah, I, gu- I guarantee if, like, we uh, said this to, like, a modern audience, it'd be like, hey, look, if Thor is in this movie. <laughs> and Thor like, and Varen Zemo race each other in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, time for the final ranking. Um, so what happens is we give our own personal rankings and then we put it down into one list as the final ranking. Uh, so I'll go first. Uh, number four, I have Le Mans. Uh, number three, I have The Last American Hero. Number two, Rush. Number one, Grand Prix. Andy, what about you? Uh, oh, fuck. I forgot to scroll down. Okay, there we go. Uh, I put Rush at number four. Again, I like the movie. It's just... I I thought part of it was was dramatized to the point of being cringy. I said that earlier, and I, I stand by it. Uh, number three, I put Last American Hero. The movie's 
fun, but I almost started forgetting about it as soon as I had watched it. I hate to say. Um, I, two, which I know I'm going to stand alone on, but that's fine, is uh, Le Mans. I had a real hard time deciding between one and two, but I put Le Mans, I put Lemons at number two, and I put Grand Prix at number one. Hmm. All right. Uh, Zach, you go. Okay, I got Le Mans at four. Uh, I got Rush at three. Uh, I got The Last American Hero at two. And I got Grand Prix at one. Well, there you go. We all agree on one at least. Mm-hmm. And Chad, what about you? Yeah, I'm I'm so torn. I've while we've been doing this, just to preface, I have actually flipped my two and three like twice while we've talked about it. So that's how close they are, in my opinion. But uh, at number four, I have Lamont. Um, number three, I'm I'm gonna sink it in. Last American Hero, but, but by a hair. Uh, number two, I have Rush, and number one, I have Grand Prix. Okay. All right. Uh, Zach, you had yours. What was your Le Mans at again? Four. <laughs> okay. Andy, uh, you have to defend Le Mans at number four and moving it up. I mean, as far as like the show ranking goes, I get putting it low. I like it. It's just like Le Mans is like all, these other movies are all entertaining. They're all movies, but Le Mans feels more like um, like a film. Like someone wanted to make something that meant something to them. And it might not mean something to everyone, clearly. And honestly, um, if that movie had been allowed to stay with its original creators, I think it would be even worse. I hate to say it. Like, I really think Steve McQueen would still be in the French countryside just filming race cars, just fucking around if someone, <laughs> had, if someone hadn't cut, come and stopped him. <clears throat> but it's just... I think part of it is I watched the documentary about Le Mans, um, Steve McQueen, the man in Le Mans, it's called, and I that contextualized a lot of it for me, and so I just respect that movie a whole lot. Like, he really wanted to do something, and he was genuinely passionate about motorsport, and he was genuinely passionate about endurance racing, and I see that in the movie, but not everyone cares about motorsport and endurance racing and so if for no other reason than that sure put it at number four that makes sense but you know as far as my personal list goes i'm gonna watch Le Mans again before i ever watch rush and possibly last american hero i don't know that for sure i'll probably watch it sooner than i'll watch grand prix even though i like grand prix a little bit better just because grand prix is so stinking long (laughs) (laughs) that's fair all right so set in stone right now is we all agree grand prix is at number one and majority agrees Le Mans should be at number four. Uh, so the fight is number two and three. Does What deserves the third and, and what deserves the second spot? Uh, so, Zach, if I remember correctly, you have Rush at number three, correct? Yeah. Okay, and Andy has his at number four, which would be close to number three. Uh, and Chaz, me and Chaz have it at number two. Now, I know... Chaz has been saying like it's been switching between two and three um, throughout the night. Uh, me, on the other hand, uh, Grand Prix literally goes ahead for me personally. But if I had to like rank this or uh, review it by a half a point over uh, Rush as getting the lead for Grand Prix, I highly like this movie because just how it was written and stuff. Uh, now, again, if I was looking at the realness, I'd be like, yeah, this is all cringy on how they're portraying these moments. 
But if I'm looking at it as like a moviegoer and I'm just like, this is fucking rad. This is cool. Like and hitting feelings off of what characters are doing. I think it deserves that that second spot. Uh, I do like The Last American Hero, but I actually agree with Andy. I kind of forgot about it after we talked about it. It's not memorable in any way. I disagree. I've thought about that movie ever since I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had fun thoughts of that movie. I, I've really liked it, too. I've went back and forth. I fuck it. I'm a, I don't know. Maybe I'm a switch. Uh, uh uh, yeah, I, I feel like they're almost tied. Like I have them, like like literally, just right neck and neck with each other, like ranking. Um, it's it, they have a lot of similarities. They're both based based air quotes on a true story. More air quotes. Um, they uh, they they both don't lean as heavily on racing footage. Yeah, it's a movie. They're not overindulgent in the racing. Exactly right. Yeah, it's it's more about people than it is about motorsport. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and they're also like a good length. Like Rush is just right at that two-hour mark, right? And then Last American Year was an hour and a half. Oh boy, it was a snack. It was wonderful. Ninety minutes, delicious. Yeah. Well, yeah. I say give it to Last American Hero for that, if nothing else. Like it, it just, <laughs> it, it's like, what, what are we basing this on? The movie you're most likely to watch again. The movie that you think is the best-made film. The movie that you think is most entertaining for any reason uh the movie that you think other people would like the most i feel like for most of those qualifications last american hero is going to take it except um general audiences general audiences are going to like rush more i have yeah, i like it more because it's more modern uh yeah, that's the yeah, only reason well, that's the only reason i like it more i mean i base my ranking on like uh, just objectively what i i would like totaling all those factors into it what is what I would use as a score, but that's what I'm saying. Like these two movies effectively have the same score for me. So I can really go either way. I, I, so I guess in that, that point, like I don't really have an opinion on which one we choose. I would be happy seeing either or. So I don't feel like I'm a good tiebreaker there. I do want to mention this because usually I complain about the women in movies. I did not complain about any woman in rush. Uh, I thought Olivia Wilde was fine, and I thought... Uh, I mean, they're uh, barely in it. Yeah. They, Good. As it should be. <laughs> but it was like, ah, I think they went back to the kitchen, where they belong. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, I... all of our female viewers, so I'm sorry. Like, all we two have of any them. Anyway. Yeah, all two of them. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think both both films have their own right and standing on, on saying one or the other. I, I think I, I would be fine. I think I think I'd be fine saying last American hero at number two, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm willing to concede the last American hero. Cause like I said, rush in my opinion, I like, but that, it, it kind of felt like I was in the minority uh, uh, of this thinking in a way. Matthew. Well, I like all of these movies. Uh, it's they're, they're all good. Lamont's is pretty good. It's just got that uh you got to really like the subject matter I think to to really enjoy it. If you yeah. don't, it's just going to be boring. That's why I really um, wanted you here when we did Lamont's cuz I was like, well Zach actually likes litter sport. These other guys don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but The Last American Hero was so cool because it's like kind of like a fucking unknown gem that we just dug up 
Yeah. Like, nope. Literally nobody talks about this movie now. Like, yeah. Like I said, when I was and, researching racing movies, it was on a list from the British Film Institute about best racing movies. I was yeah, like, this sounds I, interesting. I, I want to watch this. Yeah. And like, I'd say Jeff Bridges is a pretty famous actor, and I've never heard anybody mention this movie, mm-hmm. like in regards to his career or anything, uh, or Gary Busey for that matter. Yeah. Even though he's just got like a minor part in it. Uh, Go and, get the lawyer. Huh? <laughs> Go get the lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. The writing was just really snappy and it. it was really good. Very economical. You know, there was good zingers in there. Uh, good scenes to, to build, you know, building character in it. You know, it had a lot of that kind of stuff. It's a real uh, flick. Yeah. Very, very lean and good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Rush is more glitzy than this movie. This movie obviously has like a lower budget in its time period. Uh, and I think that's the reason why some people might have a tougher time watching it. But uh, I don't know if you really like movies in general. I think like, you know, it doesn't matter what time they come from or what they look like. I feel like I like this movie a little bit better than Rush. Just a bit, because I think the writing and stuff is better. And some of that, yeah, the real life aspects of like what they they over jazzed it too much and rush a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of knocks it down a peg for me. I think oh, yeah. of these four movies, if someone was like, "Oh, I, I heard you did a month of racing movies on your podcast. Which one would you recommend I watch?" I think I'd say Last American Hero first. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about this the last when we on the episode last week. We talked about how it is the most recommendable movie of the four. Absolutely, I think I'd still stick to that. I think that's enough to nudge it to two. I would mm. say this one and Rush. <laughs> but yeah, like the, those two, oh. and then it's like if you like that, go watch Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's the thing. Is it's it's the gateway drug. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. if you want to overdose, go watch Le Mans. Yes. I'll tell you, what you, I'll tell you what you do. You're going to watch Last American Hero, then you're going to watch Days of Thunder, then you're going to watch Talladega Nights. <laughs> <laughs> Last Wrong. American Hero just tickled me because of how how American it was. I loved it. It really was. <laughs> it was it's super very, American. It was a nice palate cleanser amongst all these European. Movies. That's why I kept saying like nothing's <laughs> European. <laughs> <or> <laughs> time, time for real racing and bootlegging <laughs> and shit. Well, you know, for that matter, both both Grand Prix and um, Rush have scenes at Watkins Glen, so there's a tiny, mm-hmm. bit, a tiny bit of American in there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I I think that kind of settles it because I think uh, Chaz, you said put Last American Hero at number two. Yeah, I think I, I'm I'm solidly cool with that. We did it. Okay, so number four is Le Mans. Number three is Rush. Number two is The Last American Hero, and number yeah. one is Grand Prix. Uh, and Just- that. Justice was served. And I wanted to I wanted to do one quick thing at the end because this is the end of my theme. It's all motorsports movies. Uh when this airs, it's gonna be the last week in February, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, the new season of Drive to Survive will have just come out. Uh, if you're interested at all, give that a shot. And if you like that at all, then guess what? It's only a couple weeks until uh Formula One starts ramping up. So, you know, give it a shot if you liked any of these these movies if you like that kind of thing because really the the real thing always is going to beat the dramatization i think as far as sports goes yeah except for last year 
I mean, even then, even then it was entertaining. And that's, that's the well, thing. I'm going to talk about this later. I watched some older races that are actually like competitive and interesting, <laughs> but like I, just I like still that. had a lot of fun watching it. And there was a few, there was a few years when like Lewis Hamilton or Sebastian Vettel did the same thing. Max did this last year. They just like dominated. Dominate. Yeah. So there's always drama in the midfield or to get on the podium or to get in the points or something. There's always something yeah. going on somewhere. Yeah. All right, but that—that's that, all. That's all. If you like racing stuff, uh, the end of February is perfect because everything's going to start ramping up. Actually, um, endurance racing will already be underway when you hear this. Cool, cool. I'm going to check it out. Um, March is going to be the uh, Chaz's month, and he's going to be choosing Denzel Washington Appreciation Month. Do you want to give out all the movies, or do you just want to say what the next movie is going to be? No, let's go ahead and tell everybody. Um, so, yeah, I thought it'd be cool to celebrate an actor. I was trying to fit in theme. You know, of course, we talk about when we film these and everything. I, I wanted to pick something that was attributed to Black History Month. So I chose one of my favorite black actors, Denzel Washington. He's amazing. Um, no. So I chose – I wanted to originally choose a film from each decade that he's he's – been in film uh but it was kind of odd because of when he started his career like at the end of one decade and we're at the start of another so it, it got blended a little bit he got he got skipped in uh the 20 teens there but uh anyway uh we're gonna start with uh probably the most like highly rated film actually and i've never watched it uh glory in 1989 it's a film about the civil war um oh. has, has a ton of stars in it yeah I've wanted to uh, watch this movie for years. I'm really excited. About I've seen that. it, but it's been a very long time since I've seen it. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, Morgan Freeman's also in it. Uh, and Matthew Broderick. That's right. Matthew Broderick yeah. is the commander or something. And Carrie Mueller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like It's got a ton of people in it, so I'm excited. Um, then we're going to watch The Hurricane, which when I was younger, this is one of my favorite uh, novels when I was a kid. Or not a kid, but like a teenager. Uh, it's a really good book. Uh, it's a fantastic film. So I'm really excited to, to go over that. Uh, that's from 1999. Then we're going to watch Man on Fire, which is a very dramatic shift. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Big turn into Edgelord territory. Uh, and then we're going to finish. We're going to finish with a movie that I, I would call divisive at best. Uh, the Little Things. I've talked about this movie on our podcast. Oh, I've seen this once movie. Or twice. This movie is infuriating. Yes, uh, I is. cannot wait to talk about it. <laughs> so, right. Okay, I know nothing about it. I'm gonna try to keep. Neither. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Like I love it. Like I have a movie I haven't watched. I have a movie I adore. I have a movie that really like I feel weird about, and then I have a movie I I really just loathe, but in like a weird way. I cannot wait to talk about it. That's how it's done. That's how you choose a month. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have an analogy for that movie, but I'll I'll save it for when we get to it. Uh, it's it's a, it, I'll just spoil a little bit. Not the movie, but my analogy. It's about like a fucking woman uh, listening to true crime fucking podcasts and just going all insane until the end. And I won't say what the ending is about. <laughs> oh. I was going to say, we don't want to know your porn preferences, Dubs. We don't need yeah. to know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to be watching Glory or talking about it next week. So remember to watch that movie and then come back to us. Uh, but we have some word from uh, Randy Savage, Randall Savage. So here he is. Ooh. 
Wow! Oh! Somebody put a microphone in front of me. You know what that means, brother. Yeah. I've heard all about this uh, podcasting thing. I think I've been on it a time or two myself, I believe. Uh, it's a little intergalactic for me, a little out there, you know, but that's okay, brother. Yeah. Because on Getting Some Color, you can relive moments, me and my glory, and my moment of glory. Before the yellow and red Brutus, you know who I'm talking about, brother. Yeah, the guy who was backstabbing, hot dog, grandstanding. Forget all about him. You can see the macho man in his glory days. Or you can hear people talking about it, at least. You can watch, too. But hey, that's not what's important. The devil's in the details. Sometimes the details aren't important. Sometimes they are. These details, they're a little bit important. You can catch, get some color. Bi-weekly Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern. Be there or not, as they say. Wow! Wow, man, freak out, yeah! So, <laughs> so I'm peeing, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm listening to this uh, ad. <laughs> and your and dick got hard. Yeah, that too. Uh, Randall Savage... <laughs> Was like, <laughs> yeah, man, that Brutus uh, yellow and something. I uh, just died. <laughs> Hot dog and yellow <laughs> and red Brutus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, so this is a uh, host credit scene where we talk what the hell we've been watching, playing, or doing. Uh, so a couple of weeks passed by, and Andy actually, uh, I guess we could all uh, talk about it. Me, Andy, and Chaz. Uh, all went into Discord and watched the Royal Rumble. And I and, also watched the Royal Rumble, but I wasn't present for that. Yeah. <laughs> you watched it for real. I pirated it. How's that make you feel? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the the week the the one week uh delay in recording this has really tainted how much I want to talk about the Royal Rumble because boy oh boy are are they did they just shart all over their finish for that that pay-per-view i will say we all enjoyed it in the moment it was great i liked it at the time i still like i i was getting an update from you guys a little bit in the chat like i'm not gonna watch raw every because i don't have cable and i can't but i i i was disappointed to hear that there has been there have been negative developments because I, I i i watched it i was like yeah, it was pretty cool it was all right i, I feel good about this <laughs> Yeah, uh, just just before we get into that controversy, uh, and Andy just kind of you know gave his little review about like liking it. My review simply is like the women's Royal Rumble. I liked. I was like, I was dreading, but I was like, oh, this was interesting and good on you know good on Bailey for winning and getting the spotlight, even though they don't want to put her in a fucking <laughs> WrestleMania banner. But, but that's a different story. Um. I like the men's rumble. Uh, the in-between matches, I, leave or take it, I don't really care because I know Roman was going to win anyway. Uh, it was still enjoyable, the Fatal 4-Way. Um, and the Kevin Owens and uh, fucking, what's this guy's name again? Logan Paul. Logan Paul. God, it was, boomer. It was, it was okay. <laughs> I didn't like it like it. Hey, that young man with the Pokemon cards, he, he, he did that thing. 
He went in that damn forest with those suicidal people. <laughs> I didn't know. I almost Amazon. That kid has survived the suicide forest. <laughs> no, Amazon had a, a, a drink, an energy drink, Prime. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that match, I didn't really care for. Again, it was okay. I, yeah. I like the ending where Kevin Owens got caught with the brass knuckles. Like that was the only thing I liked about it. <laughs> I didn't expect that finish. And I, I guess they're going to like extend that. Yeah. So. It's going to be mania, which again, I don't care about that match. So uh, that should be on the pre-show. Um, Triple H. Just so I hope, you know. I hope Logan Paul, if they want to fix it, Logan Paul, like does something cheeky and Kevin Owens gets hurt and he can't wrestle. So he, he gets someone else to wrestle for him. And he's like, I got an old WrestleMania buddy of mine. And then Stone Cold comes out and kicks the shit out of Logan Paul. <laughs> that would rule. Honestly, that would be fun. <laughs> it would be kind of funny. And it would come, kind of come full circle with the whole um, Kevin so, Owens and Stone Cold story. So so you like Pokemon cards? What? <laughs> and all that. Uh, anyway, let's get to the controversy. Uh, so... After Cody Rhodes won the Rumble, he did a significant thing at the Rumble. He pointed at Roman Reigns, and we're just like, he's choosing him. He's calling his shot. And then he did did some weird fucking uh, bullet squad licking the gun and pointing at the WrestleMania sign, which I I guess was... Bullet squad. Bullet squad. (laughs) Bullet club, whatever. Japanese boys. Uh, that's, that's TNA's crew, Bullet Squad. Uh, <laughs> that's Aces and Eights. <laughs> Damn it, Dubs. But anyway, he, Andy's going to die listening to us squander through this. <laughs> yeah, so he, uh, he points to Roman Reigns, and then on SmackDown recently, he gets in the ring in front of Roman Reigns. They advertise it like Cody's going to choose his opponent. Now, if you're following the brand split, Seth Rollins is on fucking Raw, and then Roman Reigns is on SmackDown. So we're like, oh, this is where he's officially going to say, I'm going to fucking face you at WrestleMania, and he's going to finish his story. So he goes up to Roman Reigns and says, I'm going to finish the story. I want that belt that you're holding. Uh, And... That's the same belt that Bruno took away from my dad and all that stuff. And he says, I'm not doing it at WrestleMania. And not then doing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then he proceeds to say he went to counseling, which whatever the fuck that means. Uh, and he knows someone. No, he, he, went, he took counsel from several people. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like he went to therapy. Yeah, it has therapy. Like, like when Raiden's like, I must consult the elder gods. <laughs> must consult the elder gods. He kind of did. He, kinda did. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he consulted with uh, multiple people, but he talked to this one person that Roman knows, and then, if you smell, and then he comes out. He shakes hands with Cody Rhodes and he's talking in his ear and Cody Rhodes looks visibly upset like he wants to fucking cry. Uh, and he gets out of the ring. He kind of like does that weird again. I don't 
again, I don't know if it's a work or not because he did it so well where he looked like he was about to fucking cry. He did that like head movement type of thing and he, he gets out of the ring and he and the rock kind of like stares him down a little bit <laughs> like he's like why are you taking so fucking long get out of my spotlight bitch um and then he turns around and then we have the camera angle of roman and rock staring at each other with the wrestlemania sign in the background so my problems with everything is because if they knew about where this direction was going before the rumble why the fuck is Cody Rhodes winning the Rumble, calling his fucking shot, and then sideblinding him? If he knew about this as well, why the fuck did you do that stupid thing? Yeah, well, it, it's now. I, I just read the report, like literally right before we got on, about how this is allegedly a work. The whole thing's been a work the whole time. What's funny is I don't think there's any way they ever could have predicted that the crowd would have turned on rock the way they did. It just shows how much support Cody Rhodes has. Like people want to see him win. Like they don't give a fuck about the rock. I like, still the rest do. of the fans are like, ah, they're so mad. Like, so if it really is a work and they're going to build to the whole thing of Cody, Cody getting the, the, the win, at, you know, getting to actually fight and win, or if they do the triple threat, it, I think it'll still be fine. I think it'll be okay. Me personally, I think it's stealing the spotlight still with him being in the fucking ring with with Cody and Roman. I still think it's a moment stealing, but I do agree that if he wins, like like Zach said in Messenger, he's getting the rub from The Rock and Roman, and it's going to elevate him more. But at the same time, the way they fucking booked it is stupid. It is, unless that was their play the whole time. But even then, it is kind of dumb. Like, there's other ways to do. Like, we talked last night about it. Like, if he just flagrantly came out and was just like an outright bully about it, and like bullied him out of the spot, and you just made Rock like that much of a heater too, like it ends up being this this bigger thing. But um, so it could have been done better. But if that's still the plan, that's okay. I will say this too: there is there is some historical context to suggest that Cody Rhodes is still going to main event and he's still going to win the title. WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 20, and WrestleMania 30 all involved three people within the world title picture in the, the WrestleMania event. That's that's true. All three, two of them of which had uh, the uh, triple actual triple threat, and one of them just being ten years ago had this massive fan following that led to someone you know getting the rub and and, and getting to the match they wanted. It is entirely possible this is what the plan is. So either it could, and I've called this forever ago, like they either could do two matches, like, you know, Cody's got to earn his, his shot. Like he, he faces Solo or he faces someone else to win the chance to take on Roman and Roman and Rock face off night one. And then Cody takes Roman night two or they do a triple threat or maybe Cody and Rock face each other, and Cody beats The Rock, and The Rock's like, I'll back down, and I'll be the ref. I don't know. Whatever the fuck they end up doing. As long as the the end of night two, Cody Rhodes is holding that belt, I, I don't know if I care about anything else that happens. Yeah, so I watched this YouTuber called Assemble. He kind of, like, covers all wrestling and wrestling games-wise, but he was, like, talking about how could you save this? Um, they're having a press conference the eighth, which by the way, by the time this episode comes out, all of my fucking uh, shit 
that I talked about might just be <laughs> gone and all that stuff. But this is how I feel right now. And I think for people that love how I get angry, um, love, love this. Uh, <laughs> but I, I love this for someone to think this is all real time. So they hear you and they're like, what the fuck's he mad about? Like, <laughs> None of this is even he, happening he, anymore. He <laughs> ate time traveling meat and went backwards, not forwards. Yeah. <laughs> he went the other way. <laughs> yep. Here's here's how he said he would uh, fix this, by the way, the, the YouTuber. They're having this press conference, right? And they're doing contract signings. They have Cody, Seth, uh, Roman Reigns, The Rock in one room. And Triple H has this contract. Here you go, Rock. You know, he signs it. Um, actually, he doesn't sign it. He gives it to Roman. Roman signs it. It gets to The Rock. And it says, hey, uh, he turns to Roman. He said, I will be at WrestleMania, but I won't be facing you. And he hands the contract to Cody Rhodes. And Cody Rhodes signs it. And he's a special guest referee, essentially. Yeah. And then I, he screws Cody and, and Roman wins. You know, if that happens, I fucking I'm dead. I'm I'm done. So what I, what I would actually I wouldn't mind like like if they're gonna go all out and like replicate like the nonsense, go all in and like take the what the biggest pop ever. Just recreate mankind has a nice day. Like just go ahead and have all the shenanigans. Have everybody get in. Like you just can't believe what's happening. Cody's going to get screwed over again. And then all of a sudden the glass breaks and everyone loses their fucking mind. Stone Cold kills everyone, puts Cody on top of Roman, gives middle fingers everywhere, yells, oh yeah! And and a ref out of nowhere, like drops out of the fucking sky like Owen Hart in one, two, three. (laughs) That means he's dead. Uh, Maybe not like that. That's the thing, is if he hits hard enough, the the trauma will cause his hand to shake, so he'll give a fast count. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Sorry, yes, no, was... I'll, I'll end it with this. Uh, so, Chaz, I like your idea, and there is you know Rock and Stone Cold, uh, you know rivalry going on. So Rock tries to screw Cody Rhodes as the special guest referee. Then the glass breaks, and you see fucking Stone Cold in a fucking referee. Stone Cold fucking <laughs> the rock and does the one, two, three, and you get that moment. Uh again, it's kind of like moment stealing in a way, because you have these legends that are getting in the way, but it's still gonna elevate him, I guess. I I, I mean I, I would get, say get if, 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 there's still a lot of ifs in all this. If I get to, if I get to be in Philadelphia that weekend, I don't even know I don't even care what it's for. I don't even care if someone like a heel plays the music and then Stone Cold doesn't come out. If that glass breaks, my hair's gonna fall out. <laughs> someone, <laughs> I can see someone like dropping a beer bottle in the stands and fucking Chaz just fucking marking out. <laughs> Stone Cold, Stone Cold, my God, I had family. Yeah. So final thoughts is I'm angry, um, but if we are getting worked and the the let me preface this if the work makes sense i don't want it to be like well now we got a really fucking hard pivot just like how we hard pivot with the rock showing up and talking to roman or staring down roman reigns i hope they just don't pivot back and be like we're just kidding (laughs) and all that stuff and just go back to what the story was now it has to make sense 
in order for me to like it. But like I said, when this episode comes out, the press conference will probably happen. Uh, and maybe they might fucking tease us all the way till uh, Mania, kind of like Daniel Bryan, in a sense. Uh, we'll see. Got we'll 60, see. 60 days or something. Yeah. Um, I've been playing a bunch of Overwatch, <laughs> and I played with Chaz last night. What did we win? Like we went three and one. Yeah, we only had one game where like we just had like some idiots on our team that were not playing support <laughs> properly. Like mm-hmm. just brain dead supports that were not doing it. Like whenever someone that's not supporting has more healing than the healers do, there's a problem. But we had one game where we absolutely railed. Like I went nineteen, twelve and zero or something, and you you like. Had like what fifteen kills, a bunch of assists, and only like one or two deaths. Like we we just totally train railed the team. That was great. Owned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not good enough to play competitive with him though. So I, I'm not. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, fucking guy stalking my fucking Overwatch. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I was sitting at my computer, and Steam popped up with a little notification that said Joe Dubs is now playing Overwatch too. And I was like, oh, someone wants to know about this. <laughs> there's no crossplay in comp, by the way. Uh, sadly. So he wouldn't be able to join, but he said he would uh, download uh, the PC and restart again <laughs> for yeah, all his for the, skins for the third time. Can't you link your your account or some shit? I thought. No, they they don't share. Uh, yeah, I know it's uh, shitty. So I originally had the game when I played characters. Yeah, like they're oh not. Yeah, like, well, that's only for the new, like, most of the characters are unlocked, in all fairness, and almost all the ones I use are unlocked, so that's not a problem. It's the ones that are new from the new game itself, but that said, when so when I played on Xbox, I, I played high-level competitive, um, and then had all my stuff on there, and then my Xbox shit the bed, and I ended up going back to my PS4. And then I ended up getting the game a little bit later for that and play the just here. And I've just dabbled here and there ever since. Just, you know, I'll play for a little bit and then I, I get tired of it or I don't have anybody I'm playing with. Um, but I never really got back into competitive on the PlayStation. Um, but there is a big difference between console and PC. So I'd be interested to, to play. I've never played on PC competitively. So I'd be curious. But under the Xbox, it's you know, that's, yeah. Oh, I mean, as all competitive stuff is, but I'm, I'm fine. My blood pressure's lower. I had a, we had a team that said we were going to spawn camp you, and they did. They they actually told us they prophesized uh, of them spawn camping and killing us. Uh, but they also threw a couple of rounds just so that they can keep the killing going. That's um, hilarious. That that's yeah. like the best trolling ever. It is like, the best trolling. But when you're receiving it, it's annoying. In Valorant, yeah. in Valorant, you're able to forfeit the 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 game. If oh you yeah. Yeah. You get all you get all votes. I wish that was like an Overwatch, but we, it was funny. Like at one point, I think they pitied us, and they were just like, let, "Let's let them win," <laughs> and we won. So yeah. So the only thing with Overwatch, um, this is one of those things. Like t- anything is team based, like this. Again, I play a lot of le- competitive League of Legends too. I mean, hell, even Rocket League. Like just anything where you're playing team based. The game I, I've I've gotten only so far playing solo queue because. When you don't have anybody else to rely on in these types of games, you can only get so far on your own skill, and then you have to depend on other people. 
and it gets infuriating when you can't trust the people that you're playing with. So there is something beautiful about these games when you get to play them and you are actively communicating with the people you're playing with and it's working. Like, it's great. But also, there is that hellscape that is, oh, everyone around me can eat a bag of dicks and have ass cancer and let's call them every racial slur we possibly can. I'm just going to do what I want. Duh. Like, I hate that shit. Like, I lit- legit had to stop playing League of Legends because of blood pressure problems. Because of shit like that. <laughs> and not that I, could, I was ever going to do anything with that and, like, make money from it. But I was, I was really fucking good at that game. And then just had to give up because it was killing me. So, it just is what it is, you know? But I'm having fun playing Overwatch. If we literally just jump in quick play and just do that the whole time, I'm fine with that too. I'm happy doing that. But if if we can do some ranked, if it doesn't work out, no big deal. No skin off my back. Yeah, the, the people that I was playing with last night, um, it got heated at some point. We were like, they were yelling at each other, and I was just like, I just want to play a game. Yeah, see, like that's, that's the only thing I'm worried about doing ranked. I don't want to get into that <laughs> shit. Like, I do too much shit at work. I, I don't want to deal with that. I just want to yeah. enjoy the game, play. <laughs> Yeah, because I did like, I don't know if you ever seen the meme of like the hockey goalie person, like, why well, you have to be mad at the only game? <laughs> <laughs> that was me last night. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I had fun. Um, we need to get Andy and Zach on to Overwatch you. It's free to play, and you can play with your consoles, and we could all play together. Yeah, that's true. Will, yeah, and I'll keep it on console if you guys play. I don't have to necessarily do the, the rank stuff. Mm-hmm. I got plenty be of better. skins. It'd be better for me if I played it on my PS5. Uh, might have to hold off on installing it for a little bit for now. Okay. Uh, because of ISP issues of where I'm at right now. <laughs> gotcha. I could play it on my Xbox, but um, I just had to delete a bunch of stuff to install the new Like a Dragon, so... Maybe maybe I want to wait a little bit, too. <laughs> I need to get an extra hard drive for that thing. Let Dubs and I rise and burn in ranked. Let us get all of our comp shit out of us, and then by that time, we'll just be ready to be filthy casuals, and we can over the watches. Yes. Because uh, it, it is a fun game, especially when you know the mechanics, which the mechanics are easy. If you ever played the MMO before, there's tank, there's healers, there's... DPS and all that stuff. So it's I just, played the first version. Yeah. I played it for a couple years. I played the first one a bunch with yeah. Zach actually. Yeah. Well, there yeah, we played it before. Oh, that's it was perfect. fun. Yeah, we should jump in. It's it's all yeah, the we same. Already, we already know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. All right. And um I, I guess I'll end it with this. Uh and I know by the time this fucking uh episode comes out all the news because uh, Phil Spencer came out today and said that uh, they're going to announce all the changes yeah, that are. They'll know it'll be the future. <laughs> yeah. I, it's kind of sad because I, I mentioned it in a messenger and Zach is like, I don't blame you. I was like, I'm kind of bummed out because when I buy a console, it is for certain exclusives that I think I'm going to be playing on that system. Now, it is going to feel a little weird when Master Chief Collection shows up on fucking PlayStation Store somehow. Uh, And yeah, you heard that right, people. Apparently, Microsoft is going to be going third party and distributing their exclusive to other uh, consoles or platforms. So it's going to be smart TVs. It will be um, PlayStation, Nintendo, and PC, which they've always been doing. Now it's an- I mean, it might still be... Uh, the only thing I've seen is 
supposedly they want to release Hi-Fi Rush and maybe that pirate game on other platforms, like as a test. So it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to start dumping, you know, Halo, Gears, and Forza on the PlayStation or anything. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, 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 when usually Forbes and the Wall Street Journal come out, like that's when I know it's kind of legit that they're just like, they know they lost the console wars two years in a row and they can't do this anymore. Um, so I could totally see them becoming like Sega. Now I know you made the comment in the messenger, like they're not as cool as Sega, which I agree. I agree. Um, but they, I, I think that's as much as disappointment I would be. Um, I think it's better for Xbox where it's going to feel weird. Would you have, would you, say microsoft games or xbox because there's no xbox anymore right if there's no if they don't do they can still call anymore, it xbox game studio yeah i i think that's perfect for them that they want to make money because they've been pushing this game pass thing and i for years andy even in the early years of our podcast when we started big trouble they were talking about having games on the nintendo switch remember yeah of course they were just like, oh, we're going to put this game on there or, or Game Pass on there. And it never happened. Uh, probably because they were just like, that makes no sense. You have a console while you're doing this. And I think that's what they want to do. I think, I mean, there's that. There was always that conversation. But I think this is a big, big indicative of they have like Elder Scrolls and Call of Duty now. And like, man, I want to make a lot of money, a lot of money off these IPs. We should just release it everywhere. And then someone says, why don't we just release everything then? And then someone takes that the wrong way. It's like, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And one of, yeah. one of the games is Starfield, by the way. That was one of the big games that we're going to be going to PS5, which who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> It, it, I feel like that game came out, and then like after like a month or two, nobody gave a shit about it anymore. But they were touting, they were touting like Starfield was supposed to be like this slam dunk for fucking Xbox and stuff. And that game came out, and it was just like a Shaquille O'Neal fucking air ball at the fucking free throw line. It was <laughs> another like game, you the play game. fucking mess in space. Woo! It's like they haven't changed their design shit since Fallout Three. <laughs> I almost bought Fallout 76 on fucking Steam the other day and I was like fuck Bethesda. <laughs> That's what I th- that yeah. game, even though even though I know that game's better than when it launched uh but anyway, I digress. Still salty. They they fucking made my hometown look like shit in that game, so. Yeah, that still fucking pisses me off too. Yeah. Um- <laughs> I, I was very upset. It's like, why Why couldn't they just do... I, we've talked about it a hundred times. Why couldn't they just do a new Vegas-style side game about Appalachia? That's all they had to it's do. Per, it's personal for us. Yes, it's very personal. Yeah, I, I took it personally. I was, I was, it was just, like, cripplingly accurate. Like, <laughs> I was like, why, why, did, why did the fucking Fallout, like, the worst Fallout area in the game with fucking just crazy assholes everywhere have to be where I was. I grew up. And then I realized, wait, that's very accurate shit. Why? It's not radiation. It's drugs. (laughs) I do. Like, I was like, I wonder what the town looks like in West Virginia. (laughs) And you go like into this like small area. I'm like, Oh, it's a small town, I guess. (laughs) And I go back into the mountains. Uh, But anyway, Andy, what the hell you been watching, playing or doing? Um, I played and beat 
Grim Fandango. And it delighted me that that was the final game I beat on my old computer, which it's a game about a journey in the land of the dead and like moving on. So I was like, ah, it's perfect. Computer <laughs> <Peter> died. <laughs> Let it go. But uh, that computer is, ex- or that computer, that game is extremely good. I liked it a lot. It's a, it's a very good old time. It's a very good story. It's uh, Tim Schafer and LucasArts. So, you know, it's got pedigree. Cool. Um, after that, uh, I had a new computer, and so I had to start um, buying old games on GOG for some reason. I don't know why. I have this new computer, and I can play all of these new games. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm going to play a Star Trek first-person shooter from 1998 on GOG. Why not? <laughs> so that was rad, it. dude. I might buy it because of you. It, it's on sale right now. It's like five bucks, and it's a yeah. lot. It looks it's, cool. It's basically Half-Life. It's basically Half-Life with with Star Trek trappings. And uh, I, the level I did last night, you have to, like, go – there's a bunch of old ships that have been cobbled together to make a settlement because everyone's trapped in this area of space. And it's made up of, like, an old Klingon bird of prey and three other ships. And one of the ships, they say, is a Federation starship from the 23rd century. So it looks like the sets from the original Star Trek – but you know, it's like you're you're on the Voyager, so it's like the the more the 24th century Star Trek stuff. But all the doors like make that swoop sound when they open, and like the <laughs> yeah. the, the female NPCs are wearing mini skirts, and Hell yeah. uh, like it, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> I loved it. It's very it's very charming, and I liked it a lot. And then of course, um, when you're on the Klingon part, it looks like you go on the bridge and it looks like the Klingon bridge looked in next generation and stuff like that. It's really cool. And uh, in between each mission, you're on Voyager and they actually make you like walk around the ship. They're like, okay, go, go to the locker room and get your gear, go to the, uh, go to the teleportation bay. And there's like a guy at the little console and he sends you on your mission and stuff. It's a cool game. I can't believe it's not talked about more. My favorite Um, my favorite part is when you were streaming it is like you were talking to the NPCs and be like, I'm working now. Don't talk to me. Yeah, you can it's like the use button and you'll be like, uh crewman, and they're like, uh, I'm busy right now. It's like, well, fuck you, man. Talk to me. <laughs> and you can go to the there's a lounge and your team is in there and you'll say the name of the team member. And sometimes they'll say something to you, and sometimes they'll say, Oh, I'll have to talk to you later, Monroe. And it's like no, you're just sitting there eating. Talk to me, asshole. It's also <laughs> <interesting>. talk to you. <laughs> it's because as the game has gone on, a couple of characters have straight up died, and they're gone now. They're not in the lounge. They're dead. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just pretty serious. But the game's huh. great. It's on sale on GOG right now. It's like five bucks. I highly recommend it. There's a sequel as well. I don't know much about it, but from what I've read, the, the sequel is not as good as the original. But I'm probably going to end up playing it because I'm enjoying the first one a lot. Uh, hmm. uh, uh, twitch.tv slash the cliche mustache. I, I'm streaming it there and having a good old time. Of course, by the time you hear this, I will have beat it, I hope. But I'll be streaming all the stuff, probably like a dragon and infinite wealth at that point. Well, you're gonna be streaming a lot more since you have a new rig, so right? You know it. Oh, nice. Um, that's all the video game stuff. I watched a war rumble, we already talked about that. Uh, I watched um, the IMSA 24 Hours of Daytona, sort of. I, I didn't get to watch a lot of it because I worked both days it was going on. I, I, I was saying I want to try to get into endurance racing this year. So I'm going to try to watch some of it. But it's not like you can watch all 24 hours of an event. That's ridiculous. 
So I just like came in and watched some of it and tried to learn and like tried to listen to like what the announcers are saying and they're talking about the teams and who's racing and why and where and when and uh, I don't know it didn't stick yet. I had a good time watching it, but it wasn't as fun as F1. So we'll we'll see how it goes throughout the year. Uh, speaking of F1, I miss it. So I watched two old races. There was some <laughs> some random Facebook thing was like what are the best F1 races or whatever? And I just like scrolled through the comments, like trying to see what turned up the most. And I saw a bunch of people mention um, the Japan Grand Prix from 2005 and the Canadian Grand Prix from 2011. So I watched the two of those and I had a great time. (laughs) uh, I had the, the winner of uh, the Japan Grand Prix spoiled for me a little bit, but it was still really exciting to watch. That was the year um, Fernando Alonso won his first world uh, championship. He's my favorite driver, so I, I had fun watching that one. And then uh, the Canadian one was interesting because there's a lot of people from that era and a lot of people who are still driving now all driving. So it's just it's interesting to watch that too. Um, uh, Zach, you should watch that uh, that 2005 one because uh, Kimi Raikkonen's in it and he does an incredibly good job in that race too. Yeah, Kimi Raikkonen is the best because he, he doesn't need to do this. He, he he just does this because it's a hobby and he can just quit whenever he wants to. <laughs> That's literally yes. his attitude. <laughs> no, he's in it and uh, uh, Jensen Button and Michael Schumacher and a bunch yeah, of other sure. big people. And then in the 2011 one, they're all still there, but also Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, um, I don't know, a couple other names. It's hard because there's so many of them. <laughs> but yeah, they're they, they both really exciting races. The uh, the Canadian one actually was like four and a half hours because it poured wow. the rain. So they red flagged Uh-oh. the race. And there's like two hours where they're like the announcers are just trying to fill air. But because I'm watching a replay, I just like jumped around because I was like, oh, I don't want to fucking watch all this. But for some reason, George Lucas was in the McLaren garage, like just like screwing around, and they were talking to him for a while. I was like, this is weird. I had to listen to an interview with George Lucas during an F1 race. It's very weird. What year was it? 2011. Oh, so it's not prequel stuff. We were like, I'm learning about this for pod racing. I don't know. They, they, <laughs> asked, him, they asked him, uh, you know, there's been a few attempts to make F1 movies over the years. Would you ever consider doing something like that? He's like, well, I don't know if I would do something like that because ultimately sports <laughs> movies never work. You see, people would rather just watch the real thing. And I was like, <laughs> what is he talking about? Has he never seen, like, Rocky? Like, what is he <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's it didn't seem. It was obviously him just saying no. I don't want to do that. But his justification for it seemed weird to me. I understand that's a very There's, weird stone to throw in the glass house. Of by the way, I created like the landscape for modern sci-fi. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, what? Yeah. No, well, well, this is 2011 where you're like, well, I'm tr- I'm I'm shopping around the idea for Star Wars going somewhere. I just don't know where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> Jorge Lucas. <laughs> But no, it was a it was a great, very entertaining time, and also um, I have to get my money's worth out of my F one TV subscription somehow because there's no races right now. <laughs> That's all I did. I watched a bunch of racing stuff. I built a computer and I played some very old '90s games. Nice, nice. Oh, I almost forgot. And today I started uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Whatever. Oh, nice. Good for I'm you. Like Twenty five minutes in. Huh? Starter. What was your starter? Yeah, Polyon. Let's get it. 
yeah, I love Empoleon because I had one in Legends Arceus. But I just started the game. It's not worth talking about much yet. But I was supposed to get it for Christmas, but I didn't actually receive it until this last weekend. So that's going to be my, you know, like bedroom and on the toilet game. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the Switch. Yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah, now I'm done. All right. All right, Chaz, you're up. All right, what I do? Let's see here. What'd you do? Tell me. Tell me right now. <laughs> that, got, that got really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, I finished um, season. I assume season one of Trigon Stampede. It looked like they were gonna uh, do more with it. I will say this for those who really like the original Trigon, which I, I do too. I don't. I don't want to say that one's better than the other. I mean, I still like the original Trigon a lot, but there there's a lot of really cool stuff they've done with the story. That's just different, but it's, if you've watched the original Trigon and you don't know anything about the story at all, and you're watching this, I can see how it, it'd be really hard to do because they make some big swings like in shifts in the story. Um, that said, I, I've really enjoyed what I watched. It was really good. I haven't looked to see if they're going to do another season or, or not, but the way it's set up, it looks like there's a lot to do. But um, it's neat. It is. I don't want to spoil too much about it, uh, but it is so vastly different. Uh, and it's just like I think the big thing is Trigon's just so over the top and hokey and campy at first, and then just takes a big dramatic shift in its serious tone. This one just starts right away, and it's just serious the whole time. So I think that's the only thing about it. Like I again, I don't like it, but uh, I don't know. It's hard to say uh but anyway i i moved on um oh i, I want to note I, I like one episode at a time i've been watching unlock undead but finally they hit that moment in um where uh the the season where um i want to blank what i was gonna say oh uh they hit that moment where uh the big like twist happens with the main character's identity and it's just become really cool. So I uh, definitely recommend that to, to people to watch. It, it's just been interesting so far. It's only eight episodes. I think What's the uh, show? eight or nine unlock undead. It's on Hulu. Unlock undead. Yeah. It's interesting. It's weird. I, I, I had to stick with it. Like, the first episode or two, I was like, Oh, this is okay. I'll leave it in passing. And now I'm like, I've sunk my teeth into it. I really like it. Um, but again, it's just one episode at a time. It's churning out. Um, I, I started Outlaw Star, which it's one of the few animes from that time I hadn't watched yet. Um, so far I've really liked it. Boy, oh, show. it is, it is like space pirates on steroids. It's it's all it is. Just, I mean, that's what they are. So it's, it's awesome. Uh, it's a good yeah, time. It is. It's been fun. Um, we talked about the rumble already covered it. Um, so, uh, I took my daughter to Kosai. Uh, which is uh, the Science Museum in Columbus. Again, I know it's not a watch or said, but we did watch this cool thing about eclipses and, and stuff while we were there in the planetarium. I did not realize there is a total solar eclipse coming like, right over our heads in April. Yes. And by us, I mean uh, in like the Ohio Valley area. North, north so, of the United States. And it's yes. going to cross diagonally down to the southwest, I think. Yeah, so my plan is uh, I'm, I'm going to fucking take that day off work and i'm gonna travel like if you were in the greater area of cleveland ohio like in that general area they already have like time stamps of when things will happen uh but you'll be able to see a total solar eclipse which is awesome like i want to go see it so we're gonna try to go hunt down a solar eclipse um order order eclipse glasses from like wherever now yeah 
Because you're not oh, going to yeah. get them closer to it because everywhere's going to be sold out. Already done it. Good Already job. got them. Yep. Because they realized immediately we're going to need these. Uh, so, yep. Very excited about it. Um, let's see. I think I already it, talked about all oh, watch. Oh, go ahead, Dubs. Isn't that how like people got superpowers in the show Heroes? The <laughs> total eclipse happened. Am I the only one that watched that show? I I, no. I think that's part of what happened, but like I mean, that's the thing in folklore. Actually, one of the things we saw on the planetarium was uh, like lunar and solar eclipses, like have all this crazy mythology built around them, like in Norse mythology and in uh, Korean and Chinese mythology, the sun disappearing. That was like it's for Norse mythology. That was like one of the signs of Ragnarok because they they were like, oh shit, the sun's gone, fuck. The, the wolf got it like you know like that that was like the concern uh and like in chinese mythology a great dragon ate it and they had to like shoot fireworks in the sky and bang drums to scare the dragon away and it, it would always work because okay. there wasn't a dragon it's the sun rotation <laughs> like, of the earth yeah primitive uh, life forms but it's kind of neat. It's, it's kind of cool to see but then um i think like if you were to stay in one general area your entire life uh or like if for whatever X amount of years, it would take like 400 years for you to see a, a true solar eclipse or not even a true, like it just a, like even a partial. So um, to have a total is going to be kind of awesome. So um, I know, don't know. This I'm, is I'm the excited. second total one in our lifetime though. Like we've been pretty lucky. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Well, that's the thing is it's, it's all about like just when it's happened randomly. Like they should like the, the chart, like when it goes by, it's so random. It, it reminded me of like a, uh, you remember the, that screensaver that you have that has, like, the Bouncing Windows logo and it like, oh, doesn't yeah. ever touch the corner? But then the one time it does, you're like, yeah! It's like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get to see that, but in real life. Uh, so, um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, video game-wise, uh, man, some heartbreak. I forgot. Uh, so, <laughs> been playing Soul Silver. Um, ironically, so I've been playing, like, I was like, you know, restricting myself, like you level cap on your Nuzlocke and stuff. So, uh, I took Dundee and the crew down to, uh, um, Canewood city, Jim badge five and old Chuck gym leader. Ironically, his name is Chuck. Uh, he whooped my ass. Um, polyrath wiped my team. Uh, uh yeah. So Dead. started over. It was like, well, we'll do a random again. I got a Cyndaquil this time and was playing through, and the battery, I, I think I'd almost got to the first batch. I already played a couple hours in and, uh, my battery on my DS went out oh. and, uh, I hadn't saved. Oh, oh it was hard. Oh, so, so I went back to it. Very frustrating. <sighs> but, uh, but yeah, I think when I start up, we'll, we'll go at it again and try. Uh, I might do heart gold this time. Um, I don't know. It's like Soul Silver is what I want to play because initially I'm thinking, oh, that's the game that I remember fondly as a kid, like the original Silver. But Gold has so many better Pokemon that I want to catch. So I don't know. Like you can get Arcanine on Gold. Arcanine is broke ass Pokemon playing through Nuzlocke. So um, <laughs> he's just real strong. So anyway, uh, we talked about Overwatch. I've just been playing a lot of Overwatch. Uh, I. Uh, I got to live the dream. I got the so Diva. You guys, you guys are all familiar with with Diva. Her her stupid girl. 
yeah, nerf this. You're exploding. I got to, to live the dream the other day and in defending the zone that we were supposed to protect. I got all everyone to like get around and um and I can't remember what I think I can't remember what ult someone used. Someone used an ult that effectively like just CC'd the team. They're like stuck just briefly. And I did the three point shot where I shot my like you fly up in the air and then you get jump out and ult. So it just arcs over everything and just out of nowhere last second lands there and I got a team kill that way. It's really cool. <laughs> um, I think I have it recorded. I should send it to you guys because it, it just looks really funny. I, that's like my favorite thing to do in that game is to do the three point shot with her her ult. Um, but uh, I, I get to play a couple card games uh, over the time we've uh, recorded. Um, nothing like crazy, just local stuff. Um, I did some Pokemon stuff. It's been fun. We're about to have an event here uh, for Pokemon next month or next week, so I'll have more info on that. But, couple shows later and then uh in magic uh i got to play uh this past weekend um but uh the local area i play that is like highly competitive stuff apex it's a shirt i'm wearing right now uh they are uh doing a team event so they're firing up their competitive season uh again really soon and they're going to start with a team event and i've already talked i got teammates that we're going to get together in March. So it's kind of cool. Instead of playing one V one, you, you have a team of three people and you go against another team of three people. Each of you are playing a different format. So one person's playing the standard rotation, which is using like the standard set of cards over the last two years. Someone's playing in a different format that uses a couple more years of cycles of cards. And then the other one is modern, which is using like 20 plus years of cards um so i'm gonna be the modern player in our our team um which is gonna be kind of cool um and it's basically like you play your match like you would a 1v1 and then but it's still best two or three so if like let's say like you're winning in your match but your two teammates lose their match before you win yours it's it's just you guys lose your your round so um I don't know. It's it's fun. I haven't done one in a little while. The last time I did one, it was whenever I was on camera and I spoiled the ending to Avengers uh, Infinity War for like... <laughs> I don't know if I've told this story before, but I like, on Star City, I spoiled the ending to Infinity War for like 6,000 people streaming, and I got called a monster on camera. I'm an asshole. <laughs> uh... It was kind of funny though, but you anyway, know that, you know that part when that Spider Man is like a Mr. Stark. I'm, I don't feel so good. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes I gotta ask. Have I ever told this story? I know Andy and Zach have heard it like two or three times, but I've never it's still heard funny. It. Okay, never heard so in the game Magic, you get you you can use tokens. So the deck I was playing was a control deck, and one of the the ways I would win the game is I had a, I had cards that would generate spirit tokens, you know, dead things. So one of the guys, he, he's a he's a pretty well known uh, artist in the community. His name is RK Post. He mm-hmm. makes tokens that are really cool looking. So I came to him before the event started, and I asked him if he could make tokens that looked like the Avengers characters. Mind you, the the movie had just come out this weekend. I watched it that Thursday night. Got him to make the stuff for me Friday, and then Saturday played in the event. So our team, is, we're in Baltimore. Our team is like 5-0 or 6-0, and we're on camera. And they want to feature the modern player because that's like the, the format that everybody wants to watch, which was me. So uh, right before it started, I, I'm friends with the announcer, um, and I tell him, hey, I'm going to do something very briefly. I, 
I'm apologizing in advance. Nothing offensive. It'll be fine. So they're like, okay, we'll leave it up. So I get the out that no one's going to shoot me away. So while everyone's shuffling and getting their stuff together, I spread out these tokens, and it's all of the Avengers characters that died. And I, and I held up a little sign that said, they all died. Oh, God. <laughs> for the match. So not only did I spoil it on camera, but for anyone I played against that weekend, I spoiled it for them, too, because – my characters were made from that. Dude, bro. <laughs> all, you had to do is, all you had to do is show the tokens. If you never put that they all died side, <laughs> like it would have been so like cryptic. Like, they're like why why is Spider-Man and all these fucking people yeah. that like get that? I gave it a minute. Like I to be fair, I gave it a minute. And I waited. Yeah. And then I just held the sign up and they were like, Oh, you monster. <laughs> you, you were the biggest heel. Dude, I I would die for that moment to become a heel like that. <laughs> oh, and I'm already I'm already like that anyway in the Magic community. Anytime I play and I do well in an event, I'm already like Pitchfork. Like the last event I played in and I won recently when I started playing again, Pitchforks were after me because someone thought I was cheating, and it's just because my opponent made my deck like they accidentally shuffled my deck the wrong way, and I was too nice to try to fix it. Like, but I play control deck, so people. <laughs> Like that, like you have to ask permission to do things against me, and people don't like that. It's it just is what it is. That's not my it's fault. Like we, we, it's like good. we went to Mac Fest and he played with a couple people there. They were getting mad at him there too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> from the commander table because I wasn't casual enough. Yeah, yeah, that happened. I just wanted to make friends. It's uh, fine. This may be the bush beer talking, by the way, but I imagine you, Chaz, at like showing up at card places. It'd be like, so I see you're playing the deck there, buddy. <laughs> And you just, you just sit down like you're a gunslinger in the Wild West. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened in Magfest. I showed up with the deck and I was like, hey, guys, is this all friendly? Can I play? And they're like, sure. And I'm like, just want to give you a warning. This deck's a little strong. And they're like, it's fine. And then I won on turn one and they were like, get out of here. Boo. They kicked me out. <laughs> the Doc Holiday of magic. <laughs> <laughs> Say when. <laughs> Say when. <laughs> That's funny. And I'm, I'm mostly trash at the game. It's kind of funny. I just get lucky, but it's fine. Um, it's it's a blast. So I've enjoyed playing Magic again. And all the card game stuff's just been a blast to do. But I need to prepare. Um, so I'm going to start playing a little more Magic over the next month to get ready for the team event. I want to do well. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um other than that, I can't think of anything else. Uh, I'm sure there's more, but a lot got lost in the shuffle of a lot of work and being sick. So, yeah, that's it for me. All right, Zach, you're up. Okay, so I watched uh, several different things, but I'll be quick about it. Um, watched uh, what was left of Seinfeld, and I finished it. Um, How do you feel? I love that show. It's probably one of my favorite shows now. Um, better than Friends. But, Sorry. Way better than Friends. Oh, I have. I can say with utmost confidence it's better than Friends, and I haven't even fucking seen Friends. <laughs> but, uh, like, I just I got mixed feelings about the the end of it though. Like, I liked it, like the but last at the same episode? time, the very last episode. It's. Weird. I was just like, that's that's the way y'all end. I don't want to get into it in case somebody hasn't seen it because it's kind of like it builds all the way like the ending relies on you having watched the entire show almost. It does. When, when I watched it all the way through for the very first time after the last episode, it like started playing something else. I said, no, I want to watch the rest of that season. I was like, Oh, that's the last episode. Like, I don't know. 
I mean, it's, I still, still, it's still like a well-written episode, and it's still like very funny, and the whole series is great. But I don't know, it's like the hook that they chose for the last episode is like, oh, that's it. If I remember I feel- reading a lot of the news during that time, they were just like, we don't know how to end Seinfeld, so we're just going to end it normal. And it, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. It kind of like, like what the pattern they kind of got into was that like the last episode of every season, like I want to say after three, something really ridiculous would happen. And it would usually be one of the funniest episodes of the show would be like whatever the last episode of like that season is after three. (laughs) Uh, And I was kind of expecting like that pattern, except like, this is the last one. This will be like something insane will happen and it will be hilarious. And eh, not really. (laughs) Um, But I still, I really like the show though. It's great. Um, I've been, I'm still watching old star Trek. I'm like 17 episodes in now. Uh, It's still fun. Still good. Good old school sixties TV. (laughs) Um, I just saw uh, they, I just saw them fight Romulans the first time. That that was kind of cool. Yeah, like old school Romulans. I I ironically like the '60s Romulans compared to next generation Romulans. That's just me. Well, I haven't seen enough of either yet. This is my first real exposure to them, so yeah, we will we'll see how that goes. But I thought it was interesting anyway, though. Um, what other TV shit have I watched? Uh, I watched 1883, the prequel to Yellowstone. Uh, they're making several prequel shows to Yellowstone. So like 1883 is when like the Dutton family travels all the way over to, you know, where they settle. Yeah. Uh, they're going on the Oregon trail, but they don't go to Oregon. They basically stop into Colorado and that's where they decide, okay, we're going to settle here. Uh, it's, it was really good, but it was also like really fucked up because almost everybody dies. <laughs> Jeez, that's, the way it went. that's the way it would go. I mean, like literally all that, that whole party almost wiped. It was like 90% of that party wiped. I think what I was really impressed about that show, like Sam Elliott is in that show and yeah. the, the, the daughter of, uh, the Sutton family is in it in there as well. Uh, she was yeah. really, really good as her. Uh, but I was super surprised with fucking Faith Hill and uh, Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw, <laughs> like as actors, yeah. like they were really good. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. I was like, okay, they got like country stars as like main characters in this, but they actually did pretty good. <laughs> um, a little yeah, weird. So- yeah, Sam Elliott was great though. Yes, as always. And it's, so was so was the girl that played uh, um, Elsa Dutton. Yeah, but um, that was cool. Uh, I'm watching. I don't think I've mentioned this. I was watching two, True Detective season four because it's ongoing right now. Uh, but so far, I'm not really into it. Like, I'm kind of bored by it. Is it because I've been hearing rumors like it's a sequel to the first season in some way? No, it's just got like some minor connections to it so far. Okay. Uh, I haven't watched the fourth episode yet, but uh, like I noticed the connection. I mean, uh, Russ's uh, brother died up there recently. 
You remember oh. he was talking about how his family lived up there in Alaska, like his dad and his brother or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody saw, remember like when he would hallucinate and see like that spiral pattern, like uh, every now and then, yeah. like somebody had that tattooed on them up there and it's something is going on with the spiral pattern up there. <laughs> It's older than the ice. It's scary. Uh, it's mm. weird because this is getting more like supernatural than like what any of the other ones ever did. Yeah, all the stuff you just said made it sound like Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's it's Ooga, kind Ooga, of. Where so the first one, it's vague. You get like vague hints. It's like oh, is there like supernatural stuff going on for detective, but it's like not really. Uh, the other two are very much grounded in reality. The only difference is in the third season, somebody is uh, starting to slip into dementia. So like there's times where it's like, you don't know what's really happening or not. Uh, But this one is there's supernatural stuff happening. (laughs) It's kind of odd. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, the characters are, like, all really unlikable so far. Like, I don't, I almost don't like anybody in this show except, like, one guy. <laughs> and uh, he's, like, the rookie cop. He's the Leon Kennedy of this group. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's all I'm willing to say about it right now. I guess I'll keep watching it because I'm, I'm kind of, like, tethered to watching this with my mom. So. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh watched enchanted the disney movie uh it was pretty good <laughs> i don't know it was just kind of fun is that the one that uh the princess goes to new york she gets sent to new york she gets sent to the real world and finds out how dismal it is wow. <laughs> oh this place is awful i can clean it up let's make everyone sing i i actually love my favorite thing in that movie is you know how like the, the trope of Disney princesses is that they have the um, the woodland creatures that come. Because she's in New York City, the fucking pigeons and the rats come. That's like, yeah, like a swarm of flies. And I'm like, well, I guess that's what's in New York. I mean, <laughs> this is the dirtiest fucking things that live in the city. You're like, we'll help you. You know, no. as a person from New York, that ain't far from the truth. Like, it, you don't need special magical powers. Like, rats and fucking... Pigeons annoy you. <laughs> <laughs> They're right. the deer of New York. Yes. <laughs> Rats and pigeons. And homeless men. Uh, but uh, no, it, it was fun. She kind of like kept her, her Disney princess-ishness in, in the real world setting despite everything. I, I like that. And then I found out they made a sequel where it's like they just tried to make it like bad. And I was just like, I don't know if I want to watch that. <laughs> I haven't oh seen yeah, it, the sequel's really bad. Yeah, like it's like they they made it the opposite. They wanted to do like the opposite effect. And I was like, why do you got to do that? Why do you got to like go back and then try to make something the opposite of what it was? Yeah, it's it's pretty awful. <sighs> um, I watched the Changeling. Uh, it's like a horror ghosty mystery movie. I call it more of a ghosty mystery movie. Uh, with George C. Scott is like the main character in it. Oh hell yeah. Uh, it came out in 1980. He's like a, uh, I want to say like a, com- not a composer, like a conductor. He's like, I don't know. He's some guy who's like really heavily involved in like orchestra musicianship stuff. And he's on vacation with his family and they get wiped out by like a snow plow truck. 
Oh, geez. And he moves he moves to Seattle and decides to like live in a like mansion. He gets like some deal where he can like live in like some really old house or whatever because of his connections or something. Oh, it's a director who made species too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh ghost we- weird paranormal stuff starts happening to him and then like it just unravels like a mystery, basically. Uh it's not really so much about like Oh my God, there's a ghost in the house. It's just like, it, it's more mystery based and there happens to be ghost stuff in it. Uh, it's a pretty good movie though. I liked it. Um, I watched the rake that's based off of the creepy pasta, the rake. Like R A K E. Like the, the yeah. Yeah. Like a rake. Like you're going to go rake the leaves. Weird. It's not what you think. It's not a garden tool. It's a skinwalker, uh, right? It's it's basically a weird skinwalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember hearing about the rake when there was like a YouTube video somebody made where it looked like you were reviewing some old lady's like part of her last will and testament, like a video she recorded. And she was talking about the rake. And like, it's obviously like, you know, this is fake, but like yeah. the way that they recorded her talking about the video, like encountering the rake felt like kind of weirdly real a little bit. Like it was on a TV show or whatever. And I was like, this is kind of cool. This is like some of the best piece of creepypasta media I've seen. Hmm. And I was like, they should like, and then I found out they made a movie. I'm like, well, I wonder what that movie's like. It's trash. Uh, it's one of the worst horror movies I've ever fucking seen. That's, <laughs> so that's unfortunate. But I mean, you run that risk in that genre. Um, it was funny though. I had I, like it's like a little bit less than ninety minutes, believe it or not. <laughs> but, uh, I, I was able to like laugh at it near the end, <laughs> so it wasn't like a total loss. Uh, I watched Red Eye with uh, uh, Killian Murphy, and uh, I forget the other girl's name. Rachel McAdams. Yeah, she played the. Oh the yeah, opposite the, of him. It's on the plane, right? Yeah, that's one of, like Wes Craven's last movies, I guess. <laughs> And uh, it was pretty good. It was like weird because it was just kind of like a thriller. It wasn't like I didn't know Wes Craven made thrillers, but yeah, he apparently out. he did. It was like a just a fun little movie. Don't really have any complaints about it. Um, and I watched Supergirl, <laughs> like the movie Supergirl, like, like that old one, uh, like the the yeah. infamous one. That old one with Helen Slayer and oh, Faye Dunaway yeah. and stuff. See, like, well, remember I was telling you before, I was like, I'm watching all the Superman movies because I haven't oh, seen all of them. You're committing. And I was like, well, I got to watch Supergirl. It's next chronologically. Uh, and it was not good. <laughs> was, you don't say. It was not good. <laughs> it, it was not good. <laughs> What's funny is I didn't know really going into it, like how, how bad it really was. I didn't know that about its legacy, really. I heard like oh, it wasn't that good, like th- I, I just kind of got the tip of the iceberg of it really. Oh. Um, and then I watched it. and I was like, "What the fuck are they doing in this movie?" <laughs> like so much of it is just so many strange ideas. No, I remember. Um, I think there's a cinema stallop episode about it or something. And I watched yeah. that, and I was like, "That sounds bizarre." Because he always goes into like, you know, why it happened and stuff like that. I remember it being pretty interesting. It was odd. I'd like to dig into it a little more and just kind of figure out how they came up with like all the plot and everything. Cause none of it has anything to do with the, the character Supergirl almost at all. Uh, and 
And then I found out what happened to the actress, Helen Slater, like how she was basically like banking on that to like, this is going to make me because at the time Superman was like a huge franchise. Yeah. She did all kinds of shit. She like did physical training. She got like breast implants and did all this stuff. And then like it bombed <laughs> her career basically was ruined. <coughs> shit. I felt kind of bad for her. Like she got, I mean, she she still got other work after that, but it kind of like no, nah, it didn't really pan out like how she thought it was going to. <laughs> um, read some books. Uh, finished Death of the Territories. Uh, it was it's good. I I enjoyed reading it. I found out a lot of of wrestling history. Um, I can't say necessarily that I'd recommend that book to just anybody because it comes off a little dry. It's like uh, very much a history book first. There's almost like no embellishing of anything. I think at all. I think that's good because I hate when they take like true stories and like books and like dramatize it like almost like movies. Like I don't mind like Rush. Movie. Yeah, like Rush. Like in movies it's fine. In books it's kinda like just make a history book. Like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I'm just saying because some people might not appreciate that, how there's there's not like Somebody could write this from like their perspective, but also be factual. Uh, so there's like none of that. It's just this guy is straight presenting facts and numbers and dates, and this happened, this happened, and this guy doesn't like this guy, and so and so. It's just that. Um, but I very informative. Uh, I'll probably check out more of his other books. <laughs> um, I read Captain America: The Life Story of Bucky Barnes. Uh, it's a pretty good book. A uh, series of issues came out like around 2011, 2010. Just kind of refilling in Bucky's backstory more, I guess. Because like that character was like gone. Yeah, like like you know what the early days, and then how he kind of transitioned into being like the Winter Soldier and stuff. Neat. Because there was like that character, if I remember right, was pretty much like deactivated for like a really long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they just brought him back, and he's like, "He's the Winter Soldier now." Uh, so it was like, kind of like, I guess it was supposed to be like a refresher for people. Um, Makes sense, given that that was around the same time, like the movie right came at, out. Yeah, ju- yeah, just before uh, Winter Soldier came out, right? Yeah, it's like it's around that same time, so I guess that's why they did that. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, that movie came out in twenty twelve. So it was just before, like, the first Avengers movie came out. Yeah, it's it makes more sense than the way they handled everything after, like, you know, 2013, where it's like, no, we don't want any continuity with the multi-billion dollar movie thing. We, we just want to do stupid shit. <laughs> just give Captain America big old titties, and then when people don't like that, we'll just make him a Nazi. Let's have Captain America go around the United States and have everybody call him racist and say he does everything wrong. Oh, that also that happened. happened. And, and, then, <laughs> and then finally he dies, and they're like, do we feel guilty about that? Nah. And then he comes back, and they're like, oh, that's great. And then, they, then he's a Nazi. That's the yeah. sequence of those events. Hail Hydra. Sorry. I played uh, Blasphemous 1 again because uh, – I got two, and I finally got to a point where I could get upstairs in the the space station, as Dubs calls it, uh, my my bedroom when I'm staying at this house. Uh, 
I, I could hook up my PS5 and play like some of my games uh, up here. Uh, and I was like, well, I got Blasphemous 2, but I don't want to play it yet because there's stuff I didn't play in Blasphemous 1, like a bunch of DLC and stuff they added. That was all free, by the way, that nobody had to pay for. <laughs> kick ass. Uh, great, great guys, uh, Team 17. But uh, like they added like new game plus stuff and like just other quality of life improvements to the game and whatnot. Uh, the actual third ending that's the actual canonical ending uh the game's got three yeah three endings um so i did all most of that stuff and the third ending rules it's like by far the better one anyway <laughs> from the original two i mean one is straight up a bad ending uh and i've started playing blasphemous two and i'm like ah, i've played it for like 10 hours maybe uh it's it's weird because in some ways it's easier, but it's also harder. <laughs> I feel like they're more stingier with like their upgrades in that game. But I got three weapons now. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm enjoying it though so far. That's pretty much everything I've been doing. Cool. I kind of just want to mention because I forgot about it. I, I watched the Last of Us Part 2 documentary, by the way, um, that they released. <laughs> Did you play uh, the whole game? Yeah, I I beat uh, the second one. Okay, I can't uh, remember. Yeah, so I do want to replay part two again because I played with hatred because that's they did mention the part where they leaked out the ending and me stupidly like read it into it and I was like I almost spoiled it for Chaz because I know he played he's Chaz and Andy haven't played it yet. Right? Oh, I already, I already know it. what happens. I I I'm already I'm okay. long gone spoiled. You're good. Yeah, I, I mean, kind of know what happens too. Yeah, I still won't spoil for Andy because I want him to experience it. Uh, but something happens in the game, and I got pissed off. And then when it came out, I, I, I remember my feelings was the gameplay is better than one, but I hate the story so much. So I want to replay it with the mind that I had from that documentary. And I actually, I actually. Uh, recommend that documentary to you guys since you guys into video games and all that stuff. Uh, the development of that game is fucking insane. Uh, so I, I highly recommend it. Uh, so it'll make sense why they keep having to like remaster their games. And No, not, not that. Not that. <laughs> you said it's insane, so that implies that they, they spent an exorbitant amount of money to make that game. Well, the thing was, apparently... Last of Us Part Two was supposed to be like Bloodborne, and that's fucking weird. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is a little strange. Yeah, that is yeah, not what I expected to hear. Yeah, so I, I recommend that. But anyway, uh, we're gonna end the episode here. Uh, Glory is the next movie that we'll be watching and discussing. Uh, Glory because, holes. Yes, that too. Uh, and. Chaz is Denzel Washington Appreciation Month. Uh, glory. Not Glory Holes, but Glory. With magic. Denzel Washington's Glory Hole. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, PPW is going to take us out, and he'll mention where you can catch in more uh, future episodes. But peace. See you later. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. No wave. Get out of here. Hey, do you want to be in the show? Make sure you email them. Big Trouble Net at gmail.com they are also on twitter at big trouble net you can listen to all their shows 
on all podcast services. So until next time, catch ya in the next Pit Stop.